Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mail Fuzz TV. I am Peter, and I am joined, as always, by Matt. Hey, up, up, and away. And you may, if you're on the video version, you may notice that the, the other box is empty this week. Connor is not here. Uh, he had family visiting this weekend, and he couldn't get out of it. The poor bugger. So he has not... Uh, he did promise that he would send his top five of the week and all his favourites. He has not <laughs> sent his top five <laughs> of the week and all his favourites. I, I so, am in no way surprised. I know he's, he's a he's a and he'd read all his books. He actually had read all his books this time before we recorded. Because you know sometimes if he's not on the show, you'll you'll leave it till later and you'll just kind of waffle around and get to them when he gets to them. But oh well, here we are. So. Uh, so what's coming up on this week's show? We have obviously the books of the week, the reviews that we're going to talk about. Um, we have Detective Comics nine six one, Action Comics nine eight four, Wonder Woman number twenty seven, The Flash number twenty seven, Batgirl number thirteen, Teen Titans number ten, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number twenty five, Batman Beyond number ten, Batman the Shadow number four, and that was the last one. And I was not ready for it to be the last one, so I never said and to end my list, but that was the last one. So. Um, there you go, that's the books that are coming up this week we do have some news to talk about first, one comics thing we are going to talk a little bit about some movie news because I, I just, just some, obviously the Flashpoint news broke live during the show last week, I want to have a few more thoughts on that, there's a couple of other things and then there's the moustache gate, we're going to get to that because that's the thing uh, so we're going to do that before we get to the books obviously if you don't care about the movie stuff you don't you want to skip it there's timestamps to you know skip to the first uh, book review should you should you wish to um mm-hmm. also there's another thing i want to talk about as well but i'm going to put this at the end of the show uh there's a really cool theory going around about who mr oz might be in the comics right now um and in case you want to go in cold and you don't want uh, some good speculation in case this turns out to be correct uh, we'll put that at the end of the show, barring the uh, the outro, which is just the goodbyes and stuff. Uh, you can you can just, you can just turn the podcast off before that that little bit, and you don't mm-hmm. have to worry about it. Uh, so nice and easy. Um, before we get to all that, though, I do have a couple of uh, announcements to make. Um, both Patreon related. Uh, one of which is the next vote. Um, if you if you remember the last week five we had, uh, obviously sometimes comics have this fifth week because they always schedule for four weeks and there's always this end. We end up in months with the fifth week. We get a couple of annuals, but it's usually a pretty quiet week for books. So uh, we let our patrons vote for a a trade paperback or a graphic novel to read and talk about on that that episode of the show. So August has got a week five, uh, so the vote goes up a little bit earlier than a lot of votes do for the other shows. And the reason for that is so that we can uh, let everyone know what the winner is, you know, a few weeks in advance of the show. So that if, if you know if you guys at home want to get the book, read the book in that time you've got the option of doing so with a reasonable amount of time to uh, get a hold of it and whatnot. So the vote for the fifth week in August uh, is the following. There's four options uh, as per usual. Uh, Kingdom Come by Mark Wade and Alex Ross. Uh, that's uh, option number one. Uh, that's a big, big Elseworlds story. Uh, option number two is Dark Knight, a true Batman story, which is a Paul Dini Mm-hmm. Uh, option. Not surprising that Connor picked that because he picked a Paul Dini story last time as well. Yep. He's, he's filthy that way. <laughs> you know uh, exactly which way he's going. 
Yeah. Uh, we also have Green Arrow Year One uh, by Andy Diggle and Jock. Um, up for vote. And then finally, uh, Batman Arkham Asylum, A Serious House on a Serious Earth uh, by Grant, Grant Morrison and Dave McKean. Of course, that pick is inspired by the fact that they just announced a sequel to said book. So there's your there's your options. So that's the options. The vote is up there. Uh, the deadline for voting on Patreon is Friday the 11th of August. It will be announced the episode that's that weekend after that what the winner is. Uh, so that's the uh, the five dollar tier on Patreon. Now the other announcement related to that is that we are adding a new thing to that tier that is relevant to comics folk. Um, we wanted to give uh, fans of the show who do support us on Patreon something that uh, A was more consistent and B something that maybe appealed to them more as DC fans. So. And this also ties into the idea that we, you know, we had some graphic novel announcements recently, and we weren't sure how to fit them into the regular show. So it was going to be hard to like add them into the regular onslaught of books, especially if it's out in a busy week or that kind of thing. Um, so basically, we're going to be doing a bonus episode per month, um, which will largely be me and Connor. Matt will join in when he has time, but he won't always be able to. And mm-hmm. it's basically going to be an extra episode once a month that focuses on a graphic novel or a collection, kind of like the, the fifth week, uh, the fifth week episodes. Um, but it'll be constant and it'll be one a month. Um, the plan to begin with is to work through the Earth One line. Uh, so the first one will likely be Superman Earth One Volume One uh, for August. So that's starting in August, and you'll get one a month, um, and that'll be going forward. So uh, it's just a purely extra thing. It's, it also gives us a chance to do extra things. I think one of the exciting things about doing this is that. Not right away, but you know, there's, there's 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 talk of eventually saying, oh, we can actually do a run of something. You know, like obviously when we do the fifth week episodes, we have to just pick something, you know, for the vote that's fairly self-contained, so that everything kind of works on its own. Whereas this, uh, you know, we could conceivably say, oh, let's do, you know, let's this work through Jeff John's Green Lantern and do a trade each month and get go through the whole thing. We could do that potentially. Uh, we're going to stick to self-contained stuff. Reason for that being right now is that we know that Green Lantern Earth 1's coming out next year, and we thought it'd be fun to try and get through most of those in time for that. That said, there will be little breaks in between where we do other things, like uh, that new Batman one coming out in November will probably be something. Uh, we might do something more Christmassy for December. Uh, so there will be breaks. There'll be, you know, it's not, it's not all set in stone, but it'll probably mostly be Earth 1 books for the next few months. So there you go. So new things happening. Um... So uh, yeah, that'll be on the Patreon five dollar tier. If you're if that interests you, you can go over and check in that out if you want to support the podcast. Uh, if not, don't worry. Your regular show every week as per usual. And speaking of, let's uh, let's get into the news. And Matt's been quiet for a very yeah. long time. I want to let Matt speak. No, I, I hear nothing. I'm just waiting for the news. I know, but it's just you've been sitting there a long time not saying anything. I just I feel bad. I want I want Matt to. I'm just letting you get through the announcements because it goes quicker that way than me trying to be funny. You know, I, I I can't argue with that too much. No, I, I can't. No. All right, okay. So okay, the comic book part of the news. Then uh, we'll get that. If you want to skip the movie stuff, should you or should, should you be so inclined? Um, and this is not particularly good comic book news either. Uh, I I've got a funny feeling I can predict Matt's reaction to the following uh, statement: Superman Year One by Frank Miller and John Romita Jr. A graphic novel coming... I don't even know if they said next year, but I presume it's next year, but... Uh, your thoughts, Matt? Hard pass. Why is it hard pass? 
I don't like the way that Frank Miller uh, uses Superman. I just don't. I've heard that the Dark Knight 3 is a pretty good read. Um, but, yeah. I just feel like he doesn't respect the character. I feel like he looks at Superman like a sellout. And I don't like the idea of him writing his, you know, his his year one. You know, we have we have much better origins, and that's yeah, all honestly, we seem to get. So yeah, honestly, that's my first thought. Is I mean, before we get to who's doing it, I'm like, okay, Superman year one. Okay, I get why you'd want to have a year one of him because we've got a year one of a lot of other characters. However, Superman has like five good origin stories at this point. You know, he's got Birthright, he's got For All Seasons, he's got Secret Origin, if you want to go old school, you've got, you know, Man of Steel from the 80s, uh-huh. like, he's got a lot of good versions of his origin, like, we're kind of, we're kind of good, we have plenty of yeah. them, uh, and they're all, they all have their own merits, and they're all kind of, you know, have their own things going for them, so, um, I'm not really sure what the purpose is, other than... I guess DC make a lot of money from Frank Miller books, and it was like, what do you mm-hmm. want to do? And he goes, I want to do a Superman Year One, and they go, okay, sure. Um, Frank Miller, yeah, I'm not particularly fond of how he does Superman either, but even beyond that, I don't think I'm really that thrilled about anything he's written in the last 15, 20 years. Like, yeah. you know, his stuff in the 80s, great. Um, since well, then, not so much. He, he helped create the whole grim and gritty aspect of the 80s. Mm. With Daredevil and, and Batman Year One. And I think he lends himself better. I mean, that's what all of Sin City is. It's that grim and gritty and darkness mm. to it. So then you take a character that's Superman that requires hope and light and a subtle touch, and that's the complete opposite. Yeah, but then, then you remember, like, you, you can't even read Batman anymore, though. Like, All-Star Batman and Robin is... Uh, I mean, I, I'm saying that not having read Dark Knight 3 Master Race, uh, but... Yeah. I, I mean, I had no interest in checking that out. I still don't. Yeah, me neither. And that's because of All-Star Batman and Robin and kind of what he's been like. And then on top of that, John Romita Jr. on art, who I've never really liked either. I mean, oh. Yeah. Yeah, his his John's stuff was rough as it was, you know, when he was working with him on Superman in the New 52. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I... That, 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 I don't think DC have ever announced something that I have so quickly been able to say... Nope, I'm good. I will be fine without that in my life. Thank you very much. Yep. Um, whether whether we end up doing that in the graphic novel bonus on Patreon at some point, just for the the, the train wreck quality that it might have, I do not know. But certainly right now, uh, I have no interest in reading Superman Year One. So, uh, so sorry to start this show on a downer, but this is yeah. This does not yeah, sound that's very what good. it is. I mean, it's got two names against it. So even if it wasn't Superman, I wouldn't be checking it out. So it's not even just that, you mm. know. Then you put him on my favorite character, and it's a double like uh, hard pass. Yeah, oh, this is kind of the noise that I would use to describe this announcement. Yeah. Uh, all right. So obviously, there was a lot of movie news coming out from Comic Con. We had the the Flashpoint thing that happened live during the show. We we kind of caught that as we were recording. Uh, that the Flash movie is now Flashpoint, and we we kind of talked a little bit about how oh, that maybe they can fix things with that. Maybe they've got ideas about what to do. Um. Just a couple more thoughts on that, uh, now that I've had some time to, you know, process it a little bit. Um, I will say, I don't really like the idea that the first Flash movie we ever get is Flashpoint. That's really weird. Yeah, but if it's to fix uh, all the problems that they have, oh, they put Zack Snyder in charge of everything, I'm okay with it. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. Like That that, that side of it, 
Great. Uh, there was also reports this week that Zack Snyder uh, looks like he'll be taking a back seat or close to not even being involved in the uh, DC movies going forward. Uh, which, honestly, thrilled. So that that's that's you know good news. Obviously, the way he departed Justice League is not good news. That was that was really sad yeah. and uh, you know tragic. But um, certainly before that, my opinion was that I want him nowhere near these movies. And it felt like they were already sort of setting up the idea that he might be gone mm-hmm. after Justice League. Um, so speaking of Justice League, uh, we did get a new trailer for it, yeah. uh, and um, I will say I did think it was better than the first trailer. Yeah, about that Aquaman shot. Oh, that Aquaman shot was terrible. Some of the some of the effects right now are looking quite rough. That that was a really bad green screen shot of him like going through the building and then coming out of it. It just looked really now. Sketchy. I do like what I see of his characterization in this that we get a little bit more of him, and he seems kind of like a smartass, like uh, yeah, which which I think you need to define him. Like you have the Barry Allen version, who's kind of. He's Spider-Man-esque, I would say. Like, he's quippy. But Aquaman seems much more like the... I don't want to make him a comic relief, but his reactions to things, I think, are going to be good. I feel like... I feel like they're really gearing him up to be the Thor of uh, this yeah. universe. It really feels like they're, they're setting that up. Um, and then you've got Flash, who's... feeling like he's more the Spider-Man character, kind of, mm-hmm. as you said. Um... You know, I mean, that, that joke at the end of the trailer was actually kind of funny, where, like, yeah. Batman and the rest of the League all do the vanishing act thing, and Flash, even though he has super speed, is the one left standing there. That's actually yeah. kind of a funny joke. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he, he still looks terrible, though. I will say that. Yeah, <laughs> I hate well, that it looks like a reject Power Ranger costume. It, it does. In the new movie. It does. It looks like one of the, the designs they had for that movie, and they threw out in the like the early mm-hmm. early days. Like, no, 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 that's terrible. Why, why are you giving me that? And J.K. Simmons is Gordon. I think that's really good. As yeah. much as I love Oldman, I like this. Not that it's a new take, but it makes Gordon like grizzled almost. And at this point, he should be, if, you know, for following a Batman that has killed people numerous times. Like, imagine the stress that puts on your life as a commissioner yeah. of police. <laughs> so, I think Simmons is perfect for that. Yeah, yeah, he, he seems good. I mean, I had no doubts, though. I mean, he was the one good part of Terminator Genesis, so, I mean, J.K. Simmons will shine True. through any shit fest. Um, True. You know, I thought Wonder Woman had a pretty cool entrance into, I think it's a bank scene, and she sort of, yeah. you know, explodes through the door, and that's kind of fun. Um, I mean, yeah, I still don't like how the movie looks visually. It still looks like a Zack Snyder movie, which I, I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so, the trailer is better than the, the first trailer. There's still things I'm concerned about, obviously. Um the big thing in the trailer that I want to talk about is you actually Steppenwolf who's the villain for this, which uh, I, I guess they're not ready for Darkseid. They're, they're building to Darkseid for later, I guess. <sighs> I just... I know that they don't want the allegations that they're copying Marvel, but, like... How great... So, you're going to bury the lead on Superman, right? He's not there, but we all know he's going to be there. And, <laughs> and more, got... more on how he's going to be there in a minute. but Yeah, so, like... You have Darkseid just trouncing him, and you can get that cool heroic return of Superman, right? Instead, now we're going with Steppenwolf, who, even as a longtime DC reader, I don't know that much about, because you don't use him that much. Like, if you're going to use a disciple of Darkseid, why not, like, 
Calabac, you know, who's got a cool look to him. It's just, it's weird to me as a comics fan. It's a little bit strange. My only, my only assumption, and there's, there's a, a cat you don't see very often on screen for the, the video viewers. Uh, his name's Garrus. Yeah. Um, but he, like, my, my take on this is that, okay, maybe this is... Maybe this is the intention that they're they're building to Darkseid. Like you know, it's like this is the right. the weird test before the, the onslaught. And it, and I'm not completely opposed to that. Partly because like now Johns came into like he got this promotion to like start working with the movies and all that mm-hmm. and be this guy who dealt with all this. He got that promotion just as Justice League was kind of in production, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like we'll see. We'll feel some of the effects of him tinkering with things in this movie maybe more than we thought originally because we're getting all these reports that the reshoots are going on way longer than everyone thought they would which is yeah they're spending as much as a smaller movie exactly for production i wonder like it makes me wonder if like because one of the most uh, fascinating parts of when they brought in Josh Sweden and they announced that he was uh, not only directing the reshoots, he was already writing all these reshoots. Even before he was yeah. going to do the directing of them, he was already hired to write them. And that yeah. says to me that, okay, they wanted to fix certain things and they know Josh Sweden can, you know, can do an ensemble, he, he can write all this. And given how much time they're spending on reshoots, it's starting to make me think that everything but the action scenes might be redone. Yeah. It's Which really- I'm not... What- I'm not adverse to because as much as I don't like Zack Snyder action scenes, you you put them by themselves and they almost feel special, you know. Well, uh, this is the but, thing. Like if you if you if everything around it builds the characters better, as much as I'll still not like how the action yeah. scenes look, at least the the emotion will be there because I'll care about what's going on. Yeah. Um. Now, I hate to say this because I'm I'm kind of giving myself some false hope that I'm actually going to like this movie. Mm-hmm. And as much as this trailer was better and there was things in it that I liked a bit more, and obviously, we st- no matter what we do, it's still going to look like a Snyder movie, we're still going to have this weird thing where Superman's not there for most of it, and we can't really do anything about that now. I feel like John's came into it, he's like, right, I can't fix that because they're already like so far along, they've already done the last movie, I have to just work with what they've given me, right? I feel like that's the situation well, right now. Yeah, it's like parents coming home and the outside of the house looks fine, and then they walk in and the kids just trashed everything. Like, there's a massive hole in the wall. There's just, you know, bottles and cans everywhere. And going, ugh, well, we can clean this up, but it's going to take time. Yeah. And I feel that's John's because I feel I felt his fingerprints on Wonder Woman because he came into that late, too. But yeah. there were some reshoots we'd heard about that, too. So, And that ended up being, I mean, our at least most favorable of these DC movies. So... I have a, I had a friend just accuse me of, of not ever being happy with anything Warner Brothers is going to do going forward. But I was like, can you blame me from, you know, but most of f- Man of Steel to Batman for Superman to Suicide Squad? Like, they haven't earned it at all. To be fair, though, so, you did just say you were happy with Wonder Woman, so it's not entirely... Well, that's... And, that's, yeah. and that was my point to him, was like, well, no, you give me a good movie, and, like, I'm not... He got upset because I wasn't instantly excited for the mm. Justice League trailer. He's like, yeah, but it's the first time the Justice hey, League... I'll was, say... Like, yeah. I'll say this. At this point in time, I am way more optimistic about this Justice League movie than I have been since before yeah. Batman v Superman. I, that well, is legitimately how I feel right now. Now, do you think if Snyder didn't have that tragedy, they still would have brought in Whedon? 
Well, they, I still think they would have. Uh, well, I mean, maybe not to direct them, but this is what I'm saying. They had already had him rewriting those scenes. He was already right. writing all these reshoots. So even if Snyder was still going to go and direct them, all of the dialogue and stuff was still going to be reading. And uh, yeah. the character building, presumably, and again, given how long they're spending on them, I really feel like, yeah, all the action set pieces, because they're the big, you know, expensive things and they can't redo them this late in the game, they're all going to stay. But I feel like all the connective tissue... All, all the sort of the character meat, I feel like that's probably going to yeah. have uh, altered, which is a good thing. I mean, like, yeah, by all means, the more, the more the more of this is that's been not even directed because I feel like Whedon, even as a, a film director, has to match the rest of the film that's already been shot. Yeah. But the more of this film that was rewritten by him, the absolute better, and the more of that that's been influenced by Johns as well, like working with yeah. him. Yes, all of it. I feel his his <laughs> skill set is perfect for that coming from TV. Like granted, mm. he was the you know the main person for Buffy and Angel and all those shows and Firefly, but you know if he directed, he would have to fill in the rest you know, of the look that they're going for. Keeping so, in mind how quick this like I mean relatively quick this this announcement that he was doing all these rewrites and reshoots after the Batgirl like announcement, mm-hmm. it really makes me wonder if like. They went to him and asked him, can you please come and fix this movie? Yeah. And we'll let you do whatever you want. And then he said, I want to do a Batgirl movie. And that's why we have a Batgirl movie. That wouldn't surprise yeah. me if that's how that went down. If, if he just no, picked and, what he wanted. Because he, he's like, yeah. I'll do this for you. You give me that. And, and and when you're Warner Brothers, why not? What do you have to lose? Like, mm. What should have been your biggest movie you know, to fill in for the lack of having Harry Potter at that time? Uh was Batman vs Superman, and it kind of tanked. Like, yeah, worldwide it made enough money, but that should have been huge. Like, that should have been not quite yeah. Star Wars level, but like, it's the first time Batman and Superman are sharing a screen. Oh yeah, but the first Batman Superman movie should have been touching what the first Avengers did, or close yeah. to it. It should have been, but it didn't even crack a billion. Wonder Woman is close to its number worldwide. Right. It may not quite hit it, but it's so close that it's it kind of shows. And that's. Like, well, I was gonna say that's great for Wonder Woman. It is great you know for Wonder I mean? Woman, yeah. But Batman Superman's first appearance, especially since Wonder Woman's first appearance was also in that movie, like that should yeah. have been through the roof, and it wasn't because it was it was shit. <laughs> Quite frankly, it was shit. It um, was. So, but one more thing I want to talk about Nick, the trailer itself. Now, this was a really interesting line that made me sit up and notice it as soon as it said it. So, Steppenwolf is narrating uh, parts of this trailer. Yeah, and he has a line. Uh, and I've not got it in front of me, so I'm, I'm maybe paraphrasing slightly, but the, the core part of it's uh, the important part I'm getting right. He says, no lanterns and no Kryptonian, and then something along the lines of this will be easy, or, you know, however mm-hmm. he phrases it, but th- this will be a cakewalk because there's no lanterns and there's no Kryptonian. Right. And I immediately went, holy shit, they're pointing out that there's no lanterns, like, that's weird. Um, and I'll give credit to Connor, because Connor's the one who came up with this this theory as to why that line makes sense, and why. And to me, this is how it will make sense, because otherwise it's forced, because why would he be saying that? I could buy the Lanterns line, maybe, like, if he's like, encountered Lanterns on other planets and stuff, you know, on his journeys. Yeah. Um, but I like this explanation that Connor offered up. It was basically that the reason why he's saying that is because Steppenwolf has been to other Earths, and he knows what the regular Justice League is supposed to look like. And he, it's like an in-universe acknowledgement that something's not quite right. And the reason why I think this is a plausible possibility is because that feels like Jeff Johns. That feels it like does. Jeff, that feel, just like Rebirth in the comics, it feels like he's going, something's not quite right here, so I'm going to acknowledge it in the world that something's missing. And if 
And if this is the start of him, like, saying, no, no, we're going to, we're going to, like, the journey now is going to be to get to what the DC universe is supposed to be, then that's, you know, I find hope in that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yay. Well, as, yeah, as do I. I love the, the Lanterns mm. line. Just that being there was enough to me go, oh, okay, well, they're kind of addressing the fact that there's a lack of a Green Lantern in this. And then if you look back at the New 52, that, that first Justice League was about that whole arc was Dark Side trying to stage an invasion. Uh, and and we had seen him going against different Earths. There was that Earth 2 book that had Steppenwolf as its main villain. you know. So that makes sense. I didn't even think of that until just now. And if that's the case, then I can... I can look into this like this is just a super dark universe that Darkseid was, you know, he thought it was right for the picking. Yeah. Uh, I like that idea a lot. I, I really do. Uh, they, they announced a list of movies, most of them we knew about. Uh, they, they specifically added in Batgirl and the Green Lantern Corps, changed Flash to Flashpoint. Um, inter- what I thought was interesting, obviously they announced Wonder Woman 2, and then later in the week, weirdly after Comic-Con, they announced the, the date for it. It's coming December 2019, which is, you know, sounds about right. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Um, what I thought was interesting, though, is other than that, they didn't mention Gotham City Sirens. I don't. Th- I think they did mention a Suicide Squad 2. They did, yeah. Suicide Squad 2 was yeah. mentioned. Um, but other than that, there was no sequels to anything. I mean, I, I know you're pissed that there's no Superman 2, but there's nothing. There's no sequels to anything else coming up either. And I think what's interesting to me about that is they're legitimately, like Wonder Woman and like Suicide Squad, although Suicide Squad, I'd argue, doesn't actually deserve it, but they're, they're yeah. basically just putting them all out on their own first and then seeing how they do, and that'll dictate what sequels we get, rather than mapping it out as heavily as Marvel have done, which, you know, pros and cons to that, to be fair. Uh, but it, it does excite me though that if, if Batgirl does well, yeah, we're totally going to get a Batgirl too, which is kind of amazing. <laughs> like, imagine we yeah, get a sequel well, to Batgirl. Or, or even if it became a Bat Family movie, and that's where you can throw I'd in Dick Grayson, you know? Yep. Uh, and it would make it feel like its own thing, and they're not, you know, just following the the big tapestry that Marvel's done. Yeah. Um, but no, honestly, I'm I'm between that line and and the trailer. Between like where it seems to be going now, with good creators and having someone like Matthew, uh, Matt Reeves. I was going to say Matthew Vonnegut. I did that last week. Yeah. Matt, Matt Reeves on the Batman. Um, I am feeling a lot more optimistic about the movies going forward. I feel like there is a chance to fix what is wrong. It's kind of weird that the movies have almost emulated, not to the same extent, but the new Fifty Two getting into rebirth. Should this pan yeah. out? Should Should Johns write the ship? It feel it's kind of weird how it's so. And it exciting. made sense because they were going for the lowest common denominator there. That's why you, you got Zack Snyder. And for all his issues with Man of Steel, it wasn't nearly as bad as Batman vs. Superman, which is oh, just like yeah. giving him the entire keys. Where And now this is what happens when you do that. And I, I feel that's like what they did with New 52. Because it was like, well, here, we're going to give you the keys and just let you do whatever. And it didn't work out well. Now, of course... We we do have a universe here where Jimmy Olsen is dead. Uh, before I mean, admittedly, wasn't named, so they could easily retcon that if they wanted to. Yeah, that but, was that was only in the um, in the the director's director's cut, which I've had the unfortunate of seeing. Uh, what did they actually longer. name him? Did they actually name yeah, him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh right, okay. Yeah, he's in in that scene. They're in Africa, and he says he's you know whatever operative James Olsen, and the uh, uh, what's his what, face. KG Beast kills him. Yeah, the reason why I uh, bring that up is that 
that's exactly the sort of thing that Flashpoint could fix. Like that, mm-hmm. that it's those details that have been really messed up for some reason. Like we ended up with a dead Jimmy Olsen, you know, in one scene uh, that wasn't even a you know a, a, a photographer of the Daily Planet. Um, now, admittedly, the argument, of course, I think against Flashpoint fixing a lot of those details is that ah, oh, but will regular movie audiences accept all these changes because of you know alternate universe stuff? I think they can. I, I think I think if the TV show can do it, I think the movie can do it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I think it'll be fine. So. Um, yeah. Hope, hope in the DCEU is my current that's, thing. That's what you want. That's what it's based on. You know, it's Marvel's always done the heroes not trusting each other. You know, like that's their bag, and let them have that. Let let DC be the opposite. You know, especially right now. So get together. So now, admittedly, even if Justice League still turns out to be a bit of a mess, and it might, because even though you have just been trying to fix it, when you have this sort of Frankenstein's creation, it can still end up being a bit murky and weird. You know, the end result. Uh, mm-hmm. So my hope will still be there, even if Justice League isn't that great. I mean, obviously, I'll be a little bit down after it. <laughs> you know, I'll be a bit depressed, mm-hmm. but uh, going forward, I still have hope for what's to come, based on who's involved, the different people, all that. So with that said, let's uh, wrap up this movie talk and we can get on to this week's books, which is our our purpose for being here. So first up, uh, this week we have Detective Comics 961, James Tenney IV and Alvaro Martinez on art. Um, So this is obviously the next part of this whole Ascalon arc. Uh, Meanwhile, of course, Batman and Zatanna are still doing their thing. I do think, I'll I'll start this by saying, I think this is my favourite issue of the arc so far. I feel like it's been getting better as it goes. Uh, yeah, I like the Zatanna stuff with with their past. Yeah, it's, and they're like good. 15, get, getting into trouble, like, because they're acting like 15-year-olds, you know? Like, yeah, everything's but, possible. Yeah, and then that's just you have Zatara himself, like, showing up and yeah. being pissed that Zatanna's showing off all the magic tricks to her boyfriend. Yeah. And then, it's like, you don't, you don't tell him everything, like, you know? keep some things close it's like the magician's code so i like that they worked that in hmm. to, to their relationship and it's also the the first time that he has his mind wiped uh which obviously raz does <laughs> later on and we see a little glimpse of raz walking past as he yeah uh, as which i, I want to know what zatara and raz are up with like yeah because we know there's a little bit of metal being played with here right so i'm wondering if zatan or zatara is one of the immortals that we saw very possibly, you know, in the hooded, yeah. you know uh, of that. So, but that whole scene with them upside down and Zatara just walking in, and and fixing everything just with the magical words. Hmm. It's it was pretty great. Yeah, uh, and then the other reason why I love this issue is obviously we ended in the cliffhanger last week that Azrael was kind of taken over, uh, and we obviously mm-hmm. we get this stuff inside his head where he's kind of fighting him with you know Ascalon inside himself, trying to like gain control of his body back. Mm-hmm. But in the main world, he shows up and he's fighting Batwoman, and Batwoman's like, "Yeah, I can't take you alone." But then, then Cassandra Kane shows up, and it's basically mm-hmm. Batwoman and Orphan on a two-on-one fight with him, and it is badass as hell. I love this. And and she's quoting Shakespeare. Oh yeah, no, that that comes at the end. It's after she finally puts him down. She says a full mm-hmm. sentence, and then, and Batwoman's like, "Was that a full sentence?" I've been learning. And it's a smile on her face. The smile on her yeah. face as she says she's been learning Shakespeare. Uh, was touching. Uh, and then, then there were some fun jokes with Batwoman, which I did actually do some uh, research into this uh, to see what she was talking mm-hmm. about. Did you finish the New 52 Batwoman series? No. Yeah, now did I. So this, I mean, I thought this vampire joke that sort of happened a couple of times oh. here was amusing. 
she sort of says, um, I hate, you know, if you, you know, Zatanna and Batman shop to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, oh, we were at a cell range doing stuff. And she's like, if that's not a euphemism and you were all fighting vampires, I'll be pissed. I hate vampires. Right. Uh, and then, and the next bit, Zatanna tries to help. She's like, you're a vampire? She's like, no. I dated one, no. It's like, yeah, me too. Uh, apparently, yeah, the, the, there was a really bad arc. From what I understand, just from what I've heard, uh, the, the one of the final arcs of the New 52 run, she was made, she was in, like, kind of enchanted by a vampire and then made a sex slave against her will for a while. Uh, it sounded really bad, but this 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 joking was all about uh, making fun of that. So See, there, there's a way to do that in how she's enchanted with um, the... The, the island mm. in her solo series like there's a way to do that but then you cross the line and make her a sex slave it's like guys that's not good for anybody again <laughs> I just I, I read the, you know the cliff notes yeah. of this like, so well, I... and you wonder why we had a rebirth like it's stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> what, and like I'm glad that we, we were able to fill that out but like I just went oh okay well they're making magic jokes maybe there's you know Tenyan is is writing, you know, a history he can touch on later. That's honestly, how I took it. Honestly, I, I as a before I went and found out, I actually thought it worked on its own, just as a sort of fun, like yeah. even even if it's not a history thing, like I mean, maybe it's a history thing. Okay, maybe she like she's scared of vampires from vampire movies or something like that. But right. I thought it was just a fun joke on its own. Uh, but there is actually some connective tissue to an old thing that that is kind of making fun of because it was bad. So that's that's fair. That's good. Make fun of the bad. That's fine. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> so uh, can can I admit something real quick that I don't quite understand how Ascalon works in Jean Paul? Like um, I get that it's programming and he was engineered, but it's it just if... it's one of those weird things, right? Because he's interfacing with it like it's a program. So, I don't have a problem with it. I'm just going to take it and, and keep moving. As, as I understand that he's programmed to work with an AI, and the AI is programmed to obviously work with him. Um, right. Which is why we get to the end, and, like, Batwing has this idea to, like, <laughs> basically, he's been trying to tinker with it to sort of, like, free Asriel of the, you know, the grasp of the, you know, the... Sort of, this you know, order. Sort of, yeah, yeah, order of St. Dumas. And... He's been trying to do it, and basically everything he tried, it didn't work because Asriel's just like it has. To, he has to connect to essentially a religion, uh, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you hate this idea. I feel like you might hate this idea. I don't. I actually oh, don't. Good. Excellent. Does it make sense? So basically, he gets it's the stupid bat suit from uh, that that Snyder story that I hated with uh, Gordon in the suit, yeah. right? But he's found a use for it. So I'll, I'll give Tinny in that. He's found a use for that stupid suit. Well, and I like him as a supporting character with with Lucas Fox. Like he he's like a droid in Star Wars. You know he doesn't mm. talk back, but he has character. You know because when when all these AI are attacking, right? Because Ascalon's taking control of his Batwing suits, like you know, and yeah, it's, but, it's basically if like a, a virus gets like into when, Iron Man's lair and all of his suits start being an army for the bad guy, like in Age of Ultron, like you know. Like, Ascalon's kind of religious Ultron. Like, that's how I've been kinda. reading this. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Right? So, but for whatever reason, it doesn't infect Rookie, the, the super heavy suit. And so Luke looks into it and it's like, well, how, what did uh, Powers program you with? You know, that was that powerful to override this AI. <laughs> and so he's, he takes it apart and and is able to 
to fashion something new, which I, I did pop for. Yeah. Like, that was pretty cool. So so basically, he, he, he describes it as he had to build a new religion into the code. That's how the coding works mm-hmm. uh, with, the, with the suit. Uh, so he had to build this suit with its own sort of religion, and the religion is based on the teachings of one man. And of course, as soon as he said that, I kind of smiled and went, I knew where this is going. <laughs> and then it's like, uh, it kind of gets back and says, who exactly are we talking about here? And it, you know, it cuts to that final splash page of the, 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 the bat, you know, suit from, it's basically the new version of his uh, It's his from, new, yeah, his Nightfall suit. Yeah, the, the Nightfall suit, so the Night Quest stuff. Um, yeah. And uh, so I'll give you one guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a giant bat logo see, on it. I wonder who. Yeah, it is. I I enjoy that for the fact that a it's not coming from Batman. Like if Batman was like, yeah, these are my teachings, and but the, that it's coming from someone else. And Batman is the Cape Crusader. Like that's his nickname, one of them. And he is on this almost religious mission to to take back Gotham from the Unsavory. So it fits in with the logic, and it's. It's not a because Batman type reason. Like it fits mm. in with all the characters going forward, and for Luke Fox to look at that because his family's so tied in to Bruce Wayne, it I'm glad it came from him. Yeah, no, I'm digging the idea, uh, and it gives him like a suit that he can use going forward that you know mm-hmm. gets him away from you know this plot of Askel, and we can wrap that up and we can do the new things yeah. uh, once we've wrapped up the arc. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, so, no, my favourite stuff in this issue was definitely uh, Cass and Kate, though, uh, teaming up and taking on. Uh, especially since they're getting the shit kicked out of them, especially Kate. Like, her shoulder's all ripped and yeah. she's bleeding. And, like, you know, it feels like a proper fight. It feels like they're, they're really Well, struggling. yeah, she's all woozy. She's lost quite a bit of blood in in the issue. So when Zatanna shows up and helps patch her up, that was another great... I, like, I always like Zatanna as a supporting character for the Bat family just because she's kind of the complete opposite Whereas when you put her with Superman, you know, he's the guy that can fly and, you know, hard science fiction side of things. So it works there, too. But you throw her with the grounded kind of stuff and it, it amplifies what she can do more. Hmm. Uh, so that, all that stuff was good fun. Uh, we should also mention that uh, the rest of the, the, the bots, the all of uh, looks, you know, suits mm-hmm. uh they've been taken over as you said and they are all at the belfry uh where clayface is currently guarding uh, what's his face uh, nomaz is that his name nomaz nomaz yeah. um so so we end the issue with not only the rule of the suit but batman's like oh, we have to get to the belfry now like stuff's going mm-hmm. down we have to get there uh and poor clayface is there to fend fend them off on his own <laughs> and the luck is like oh, okay this is gonna be work because we know he can split himself but now it's he has to do an escort mission basically, yeah, and keep Nomaz alive, yeah. So no, uh, so no, I, I thought this was, this was good stuff. I think I mean I think the arc uh, was never not enjoyable, but it's definitely not been as exciting as some of the previous ones. Uh, but as it's went on, it's you know it's gained some footing. It's just, it's finding its strengths, it's, and you know, it's, the book strengths always been in the bat film interacting with each other. And I think uh, yep. uh, the, the the two on one fight was my favorite part of the issue. But it, it was all pretty good. Uh, I have I have little to no complaints. Art was good. Uh, I think Martinez has been doing pretty good working mm-hmm. art. Uh, as we said in the last issue, a- anything in the rain was looking gorgeous. Uh, as as we say so. Um, that is Detective Comics. That'll take us on to Action Comics 984. Dan Jurgens writing and Patrick Zutcher on art. Um, my, my, this arc really turned around, didn't it? Like, this issue uh, and the that's last an issue... understatement. Yeah, this issue and the last issue have been fantastic. Uh, 
So, <laughs> so we. What did I start with this issue? So uh, let's start with the headlines. So we have some characters returning uh, from it because it turns mm-hmm. out that Zod didn't want his army from the Phantom Zone. He was looking for two people in particular. Yeah. So Ursa. Ursa, of and, course. And, and not Nan, which that was the curveball. Yeah, no, yeah, it was. It's his son. It's uh, uh, Lorzord. Lo- Lord, not Zord. Lorzord. <laughs> I was. Reading, much Power Rangers, man. I, I know. Lorzord. You know Lord what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Words. Lorzord. Who? Who? Previously, we knew, pre-rebirth, pre-flashpoint, as Chris Kent. Yeah, like, from, he was Superman's son. first son. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Last son was the name of the Ark. It was the arc, but yeah, he, yeah, they adopted him, and you, we got to see John's writing Lois and Clark trying to parent this. And it was a twist. This, it was a twist in that yeah. book that oh shit, this is Zod's son. Like that was a that was a reveal. And um, he was conceived in the Phantom Zone because they found a spot that was you know on a tangent with the real world. So it was still Phantom Zone, but it, they were tangible there. And and yeah, so. It was a nice. This curveball's just as nice, I think. It is. I'll tell you why. I, I, and again, some some fans might be like, "Oh, but Chris Kent was a good character, and he was like, you know, he could be mm-hmm. a brother to John." But here's the thing: this just gave John his Zod. Yeah. We have evil John now, and that mm-hmm. is kind of exciting. That, this is his arch nemesis. This this could be fun stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure how Lois is going to fight Ursa, <laughs> but at least with father and son, we got a nice yep. pair of fighting going on. We've we've seen her fight Superman villains with the Bat Gauntlet, you know. Yeah, she she, she basically needs to go to she's Bruce capable. and be like, she needs to go to Bruce and be like, hey, like I need, I want you to design me some more armor, like, like the one you had, but put a Superman logo on it, because you know I should probably represent the family. Like I would almost want her to go to Lex, because Lex is part of the family right now, and she's going, hey, Luther. Okay. Like, I mean, he's kind of the weird cousin that's there's some tension. You don't really. But trust then again, him. let me. I didn't think that out before I said it because. Yeah, he doesn't know about her. Yeah, he doesn't know about her because that's why he has them hide because I don't want yeah. them to know about you guys. But yeah, so her go to to Bruce and I need some thing or, or the other. But but Ursa can even face off against Supergirl too if she needs a Kryptonian counterpart. That is cause... true. Speaking of Supergirl, I thought speaking of two on one fights that were making me fist pump this week, mm-hmm. um, John busting out in that Kryptonian armor to fight Zod and then Supergirl like teaming up with the Supergirl and Superboy teaming up against Zod. Um, and you know that moment where she flies in and like you know du- double punches him um, out, out of frame. Pretty great, great, great stuff. Like I, I was like fist pumping throughout the whole thing. Like it was, it was just seeing them work together was great. Again, much like I said in the last issue, seeing Supergirl who remembers Zod, knows what he was like on Krypton, seeing her get to like take out that frustration uh, is yeah. really cathartic. Yeah, because yeah, she knows he is a bad dude. Like. Yeah. Like you can frame it he was doing this all for Krypton, but at the same time he's very self serving. And you could you know, she doesn't take two self serving Kryptonians exactly. see her facing her dad, you know? Yeah, ex- exactly. And I think you know, I would love to see a Supergirl Vizod kinda like, you know, focus story mm-hmm. at some point. I think that would be that'd be good yeah. stuff. Um but so we have all this. We have the family and the Phantom Zone. Uh, Superman gets his eyesight back, which I thought was maybe a little bit too easy because it, it happened right at the start of the book. Like just like Dude. oh, I too easy, that. Pete. It, it like <laughs> too easy is not the word to des- describe it. I feel like he should have got it back during the fight, but he should have had to go through the Phantom Zone. 
Like that that was it was basically it was the 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 Superman equivalent to like just like tripping over a bag of money and like, oh I'm yeah. a millionaire now. Oh, nice. Hey, or or finding a winning lottery ticket. The mm. you know, like yeah. It was I how I would have done it is we haven't seen the solar flare for a little bit. Mm. So I would have had a solar flare type moment where he channels stuff through his eyes and that resets whatever yeah, had yeah. happened. I mean, don't like, get me wrong. I don't hate the idea that the you know the black void thing at the, the Suicide Squad base, you know, Bell Reeve. I, I don't, I don't mind that. That's yeah. kind of similar to the Phantom Zone, and that's why it did it. It just, it felt so quick and just like, oh, okay. I feel like Jurgens had to get him from the Suicide Squad, and that's why they did the Black Vault was mm. to tie it into just or uh, Suicide Squad. So it's yeah. funny. I mean, he's saying Justice League versus Suicide Squad, so that's why. Yeah. It's funny that because I, I thought that definitely the weakest part of this arc for me was the reveal of his blindness. I thought that was mishandled, uh-huh. and it's kind of funny that then later on I think the the you know the reverse of it was equally. I mean, it wasn't as convoluted. It was just too simple. Yeah. <laughs> it was just too easy. And it, yeah, it, it almost wasn't needed. You kind of needed to handicap Superman some way. So when he fights Zod, it's not, you know... And here's the thing, I don't know if they needed to do it, because think, I mean, I mean, Zod came with an army of his villains, like, he still needed the help. Like, he, he, that was yeah. that was still enough to me that you needed the family to come and help still, him. Yeah, and I feel like Mongol didn't do much, except uh, get oh, uppercutted man. into space yeah, by Zod. Zod uppercuts Mongol into space when he backtalks him. It is glorious. Yeah. Um, he's like, I, oh, you, you, want a, you want a new world world? All right, here, get started. And then boom. <laughs> do, do you know what I like about this, though? I like one, one of my complaints as well earlier on the arc when they first got Zod is that I thought Zod was too easily going along with their stuff. So I actually really like that, A, in the last issue, he took command. He became the leader because he should become the leader. And then in this issue, he disposed of them as soon as he got what he wanted. Yeah. I like that. It felt well, like he in even character took out Blank, right? Blank could have been his biggest threat. The dude's a telepath. Yeah. He's super. But the fact that he made him be the tether to Eradicator and Cyborg Superman and basically took Blank off the board because by the end of this, he is a, like, it's almost, what is it, Scanners? He may be dead. Yeah, he looks like he's, I mean, they may reverse it later, but he looks like he might be dead. Um, Obviously, Cyborg Superman as well is uh, left in the Phantom Zone, which is actually actually Superman's choice. He's like, yeah, he's kind of dangerous. But leave him in there just now until we figure I out like, what to do with him. Just take his necklace. You take his necklace, he's back to being a normal human. Oh, ah, yeah. That's, that's a good point. Right? Good point. His wish necklace. But no, I like them like Superman. You think you should have done that? He's like, yeah, it's fine. It's the Phantom Zone. He'll be fine. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I want. Uh, after this arc, obviously we're going to get some Zod and his family try to like yeah. you know build a new Krypton. We'll do, obviously that's mm-hmm. good fun stuff. We'll see it. But I'll tell you what I want. I want an arc probably in Supergirl where Superboy comes to visit and like spend mm-hmm. the weekend with his his uh his big cousin. Cousin. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know I want I want to see her. Basically, remember that issue of Stephanie Brown Batgirl where Damien was there for an issue. Had to, where she had to babysit him. Yeah. And I say babysit with yeah. quotes. That that yeah. was like a fantastic issue. I kind of want that with Supergirl, and obviously it wouldn't be the same thing because he's not the little shit that Damien is. But yeah. just the idea of them going on a misadventure together and doing, you know, bonding, you know. Yeah, well, I w- I want them just to be on a search for ice cream and stuff <laughs> that because we know John loves ice cream, and just stuff keeps happening, and him and Kara have to like he's a national city for the weekend or whatever, and stuff keeps happening, and they they just super. Boy and Supergirl it up. Like, that would be a lot of fun. 
other little touches. Uh, Crypto also gets in the action. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it takes out Zod, kind of. You could say that yeah. it's it's Crypto getting involved that takes Zod off his game enough for Superman to, to finally do it. And it's... Uh, it's the inverse of what I don't know if inverse is the right word, but like so Zod's looking for his family, where Superman has his family. And that's mm. the strength of this issue. Well, is it's it's everybody. It's Steel and Superwoman and Supergirl, Keenan, you know, yeah, all of all of that. Yeah, and what I like about it as well is I mean, obviously we kinda of touched on that about, you know, John having an arch nemesis now, potentially. But just the idea that now we've suddenly because we've got this new status quo with Superman where he's got a wife and he's got a kid it's really interesting that his arch nemesis now also has a wife and a kid like it really sets yeah. this really this balance up where it's like okay how yeah. do we play with that and I feel like that's the intent here where we're going to like see how that stacks up how do we do this mm-hmm. Um. so no I'm I, this was a great issue I, I thought it set up some really interesting things characters had great moments um, and not just the main ones like you know family characters had great moments mm-hmm. Um. Uh, no, the I, art too. I I like Zercher on art uh, when oh yeah when it doesn't feel rushed because we we've seen some action issues where he's definitely been rushed. I think just because of the schedule. Yeah, I think uh, that... and also you pointed out that he was talking on Twitter about wanting to draw Justice Society and Legion of Superheroes. He was this week, and, yeah. And after seeing him draw all of these characters, give it. Give him a big cast, guys. Mm-hmm. Like he is more than capable. Yeah, um, no, some good stuff. I also I like that Zod. It doesn't actually get defeated per se. Basically, or oh. just convinces him. Look, now's not a time for this fight. Uh-huh. We just go to the Phantom Zone. Let's go and regroup. Yeah. And he, he didn't get. He retreated. It was strategic. Yeah. yeah. And having Superman do not look happy at each other, which uh, no. <laughs> and I like that because I feel like Superman feels he can save each of his villains. It, you remove Brainiac from that, but like Metallo and and I'm trying to think of some of the others. I just can't right now. But he always feels like he's reaching a hand out to him. But Zod, it feels like this deep down, like we're just never going to get along and I'm going to end you. Yeah. You know, I'm going to throw you back into the Phantom Zone. So so what, what do we have here at the end here? So we, Eradicator's with the Zod family, so he's still in play. Yep. And it makes sense he's still aligned with them because Eradicator's whole thing about preserving Krypton, Krypton is very much, you know, it's very much Zod's yeah. goal as well. To, to Kryptonian supremacy. Like, yeah. That's what he is. So we got that. I, I like this moment where Superman thanks Lex. He's like, you know, I couldn't have done, you know, we couldn't have achieved this without you. It, it really yeah. sets up again that this is not our old Lex. This is one of the things out of the New 52 that's actually quite interesting that we've got a Lex who's more of an anti-hero because it's kind of the idea that Lex eventually realised that he's just being jealous and he kind of learns that, you know what, I should just actually... Well, it, took, you know, yeah, I, it took Superman dying in, in order for him to fully make the face turn, hmm. you know? And, and now he has one back and he can make it up. So when that heel turn comes again, it's going to rip my heart out. Because I'll have my favorite villain back and I'll be happy, but like, what was the cost? I'm 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 liking you know? trying to be a hero, Lex. I'm digging that mm-hmm. that idea, even if he's still a dick about things. Because of course he is. Uh, oh, of course, yeah, he's smarter than you, and he knows it. Like, uh, of course, the last thing we'll not mention is that when John's in the the battle suit, he's hearing a voice. He's here, and at first I was kind of like. Wait, is this the is the suit got like an AI that I didn't know about? Like, and that's yeah. what's talking to him. That's what and I was it's thinking. Green, so I was like, is this is this a Brainiac type deal? Like, are we yeah, gonna get like, to the, 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 the point that Brainiac's Kryptonian tech again? 
there was a lot of plausible reasons for this, but of course at the end mm-hmm. he mentioned it to Lois and she was like, oh, there's no one else here, John. And then it cuts to uh, Mr. Oz and he's like, oh, you're going to have to widen your horizons, Lois, if you're, by the time we meet. And then that, that was that was it. So, so we'll get to this later about the, the when we get Yeah, when we get, to, when we get to the, the theories about Oz at the end of the show, we'll talk about but, but this. Off, offline, we, we had talked about our own personal theories and now this just blew this all up because I had... Talking about those, I hadn't read action yet, and now my brain's just like, well, it could be he could be anyone again. So, but we'll talk about that more later. That's a tease. Yeah, uh, no, great issue of action. Uh, I really, really yep. dug these last two issues. Really good stuff. So, yep. um, that'll take us on to Wonder Woman number twenty-seven. Shea Fontana uh, writing and Mirka Andolfo on art. This is the second part of this five-issue arc that this team's on. Um. I was quite positive about the last issue. Matt was less mm-hmm. so. Connor also liked the last issue. I know Connor also liked this issue. I, however, have kind of flipped a little bit here because I... Yeah. Connor's was, wrong. I I'm going to say it. <laughs> I was not feeling this issue. I mean, there were some small moments I liked. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like just complete garbage from start to finish no. by any means. There was some good yeah. stuff. The art's typically pretty good. Um, but... I was not feeling the main bulk of this issue, which was the Doctor character. Like, after the explosion, it turns out she's the one that planted it because she is sick and she wants to... She's, she's figured out how to steal like, Diana's Themyscirin, like superior genes and she like steals them. And then she like she's, she basically hulks out. She's got all these muscles and it... Yeah, she she over-Amazons herself. And I just... I like, Diana's made from clay, Okay. <laughs> There's no DNA there, guys. You know what? I don't even have a problem with that side of it. Which is a fair point, don't get me wrong. It's a fair point. Yeah. But that's not even what I have a problem with here. I have two problems with this. One, her with the muscles just looked really goofy and it felt silly. And then two, I felt like her motivation, what she was doing, just, it came out uh, almost nowhere so fast. and just it felt tacked on. Because, like... I mean, obviously they teased in the last issue that she, she coughed a little bit and it was like, oh, she's okay, so maybe we're, we're setting up that she's sick. But it did not lead me to, oh, she's stealing Amazon DNA so she can bulk up. And don't remember, I liked how Diana won the fight. She put the lasso around her, which you know this isn't your true self. So that that's you know I liked how that was the solution to the problem. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I liked at the start of the issue where Diana's like you know post explosion and she's like you know got fire on her back and all that and the suit's kind of ripped away and she's yeah. uh, you know in her actual outfit. And all that stuff. Like, there was some fun stuff at the start, and her scene at the end, the, the, what, the small moment I really liked, uh, the Friends DVD joke, whatever, but the, the moment I did like is she's, she's like, oh, did you make these cookies or muffins or whatever they were? It's like, mm-hmm. oh no, the ones I made turned out very poor. I bought these ones, they are much better. Uh, that, but that I still made up. some. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I just feel like a very Wonder Woman line to me because it was very much uh, the, 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 I bought these, they are much better that was the line that cracked me up That was I like yeah, that, that line good. Um, yeah, and Etta, her, her being, you know she caught some shrapnel hmm. so yeah, she's in the hospital, I never even mentioned that <laughs> she's in the hospital Yeah, but yeah, it was just, you know I'm, I'm glad that Fontana is getting a chance to write Wonder Woman proper I just feel this felt like a very disposable any superhero. You could have done the story with any almost and superhero. And obviously there was one little flashback to Themyscira again, which seems to be an ongoing thread with these issues. What I think is weird though is this is a five-issue arc, and I feel like everything that's set up in the first issue has been wrapped up, and then we get Wait a, a minute, this is five? I thought it was three. No, it's five. Oh, man. <laughs> I thought I got one more of these, and then I get James Robinson. 
No, no, five issues, and then oh. I think Robinson's five or six. But uh, oh man! Oh, Connor just sucks. Connor's just messaged me. He said, what "Oh shit! I'll throw you my top five or something soon." So we may get his top five yet. Um, we might. We might. Next uh, next recording break, I'll message him back and uh, uh, see, see what he's got to say Crack for himself. Crack that whip, Pete. Crack that whip. Oh, I will. Um, Any, anyways, back to Wonder Woman. Yeah, I was a yeah. Uh, yeah, so we get this tease at the end of where it's going next. And it, it's really weird to me that it's a five-issue story and the team knows knew they had five issues. And yet it felt like a two-parter. And I'm sure some of it will, you know, the, the flashbacks we're getting each issue, I'm sure that'll build up to something that'll feel a bit more thematic overall. Yeah, uh, I, I like that stuff. I like the, you know, her trying, because she heard what her mom said in the last issue if it about just, her. But we get this tease at the end that there's basically it cuts to like a, a, a an assassin. It's like, oh, dead or alive. And oh, you know, dead, preferably. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm coming for you, Wonder Woman, is basically the ending. Um, I'm adding extra dialogue there. I shouldn't actually say that. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> like, so, and I just felt like, this is weird. This feels like the end of an arc and an ongoing, and then it's setting up the next arc. But it's not, I mean, obviously the, the, the book's ongoing, but it's not an ongoing uh, run by a team. It's just a five-issue thing. And it feels weird to kind of have a two-issue wrapped up and then, Teased what the next thing is going to be like. Is this assassin thing going to be three issues, or is it just going to be one issue, and then we're going to get another little thing? Not that that's bad per se. It's just it no. just felt a bit weird. I, I don't know. Uh, I just I don't know. I, f- I feel like the 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 whole doctor secretly. Like, I feel like if they built up the doctor thing, her being muscly would have been weird. But if they, if this was an ongoing thing, where they slowly kept teasing that she's behind something, and maybe teased or oh, maybe she's a villain, and then teased that maybe she's you know, and then we have it revealed in the, the fourth or fifth issue. Oh, now she's a that's what she's after. She wants to try and like, steal her DNA. Like okay, that would have maybe worked because you built up to it, but it just felt super. But see, quick. I, I feel like she could be a cool Jekyll Hyde villain going forward. You know, like she can't always access the the Themyscirin DNA, right? She needs something to, to, and that's her goal going forward. But they just took her off the board in the same issue, like, uh, and yeah, like you're saying, it just, yeah, yeah, I felt this was a bridging issue to get to the final issue of the run. But now there's five, and so I don't know what to think. Yeah, I, I just I thought this was a weird misstep. I liked the first issue quite a bit. Uh, I thought that was good set up for for pretty much the most part. Whereas this, I felt like. It just took one of those things that set up and just quickly wrapped up in a really weird and silly way. Um, so, mm-hmm. obviously, there's still some stuff to like. I think her voice for Wonder Woman is quite good. I think uh, mm-hmm. her, her voice is spot on. Uh, so maybe like, so I still wouldn't be opposed to Shia like getting more of a run out of Wonder Woman. It's just a case of I'm not super uh, compelled by the goofiness mm-hmm. of the story. So I'm hoping the next issue is good. Cause I like the first one. I hope the next one's uh, back on sort of more what I'd like. So. Alright, that'll take us on to The Flash, number 27, Joshua Williamson writing, and Paul Pelletier and Howard Porter both on art. So, mm-hmm. um, this was the conclusion to this arc. Uh, Flash, of course, has his negative speed force powers, uh, which seems to be having a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde effect on him itself. Like, he seems like... Yeah. Uh, I feel like this is going to be like a slow kind of red kryptonite thing, where it's not always an effect, but whenever he loses his temper... It's going to like kick in and it'll like put him into red kryptonite mode. Yeah, because you know, not to jump ahead, but where the issue leaves him at, it's kind of not that he, that Williamson's being preachy, but it's kind of like this is what negativity gets you, right? <laughs> yeah, 
That's... So, you know, sometimes doing the right thing isn't enough. Like, you need to mean it, too. So, mm. I, and I like that. But I love Williamson's thon. Like, it's not... he's, he's up there with John's, like, his Zoom, you know. Just as, not as creepy as John's Zoom, you know, of Hunter Zolomon. Yeah. But I feel is up there as a good villain for Barry. I will say, I mean, I, I like what this issue did for the most part. I do think it's a little bit sloppy. Like, um, there's a couple of things I feel like just happen a little bit. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I really, I feel like Iris blasting Thorn with the, the big giant gun was necessarily earned at that moment. The kind of thing. <laughs> like, there's, there's just a few things like that I didn't quite feel exactly right. See, she doesn't know that he can come back. Like, so, oh yeah, he's not gone for good. He's, he's he'll be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even worried about that. As far as as far as Iris is concerned, she just straight up murdered that dude. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of my favorite Simpsons line of all time is from Trias of Horror one, where uh, Flanders is a zombie, and he he says something to Homer, and Homer blasts him with the shotgun. Bart's like, "You killed zombie Flanders," and Homer's like, "He was a zombie." Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see what you mean. Like, it's kind of weird that she made that choice. Yeah. Like, I mean, as much as he's yeah. been threatened, as, as dangerous as he is, um, yeah. it, just, it just didn't feel earned that she would outright try mm-hmm. and kill him like that. Uh, your mate is going right. that. Um, so, but, like, you know, I liked what it did here. I like, you know, it's, it really, again, hit home that Thon's obsessed with them. Um, mm-hmm. It hit home all these different things. I like that Iris is pissed about not knowing, and she's got all these weird new emotions. Like, it feels like it's, it's actually hit her now that. We just saw yeah. this weird future where we had these evil kids. Like, is that is that all real? Is that is that going to happen? Like, Barry, what, what's going on? And I did like the moment when they're at the hospital with the new Wally towards the end of the issue, and she's like, "Is there anything else you've lied about?" And we just see that quick flash of, uh, you know, pardon the the, the, the word use of the word flash, uh-huh. uh, like of uh, him in the like, old Wally, and it's like you know he knows there's, like history's been erased, and that they actually had a, a yeah. more of a relationship before this, um, but he's keeping that because I mean that's a lot to. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there's nothing that he can do that's like if if a uh, uh, sorry, I'm for if a a presumptive future where they have evil twins is gonna mm. wreck her. Imagine a whole past where she had a different nephew. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's 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 a it's a whole thing. Um, but I, I liked a lot of what it did though. Like the, the overall themes of what it's hitting that and like sort of where it leaves Barry. I I do like. Um, I, I like the obsession with uh, with uh, with Thorn and the idea that we're reading from his like kind of journal uh, at the start and the end. Yeah, uh, I like that stuff. I did. I also I like the you know Barry's in negative mode, so he's kind of like he's more of an asshole basically, and he's yeah. saying all these mean things. I like that he's like you know it wasn't some like giant cosmic like timey wimey thing that made me forget you. I forgot you because you just weren't that memorable. That was such yeah. a good evil line to say. So like, it wasn't flashpoint. It wasn't a crisis. It wasn't all these things rewriting reality. You're just not memorable. Yeah, that's good. Well, that's like that's like the opposite of love isn't hate. It's apathy. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also the the line that got me was where where Thon's like, "It's the only time you'd spend time with me," and I went, "Oh man!" <laughs> and then he goes back to being just an utter evil shit. That's like, I'm gonna keep coming and I'm gonna keep destroying your life and I'm gonna keep coming back and there's nothing you can do about it. And I was like, "Oh well, you just had me," and then uh, Thon can't help himself because he is nuts. Like, uh, he's, he's broke. 
It really is. And I'll tell you, obviously there's a lot of this issue is them fighting, and they fight basically through time. There's all these double-page layouts of them going through all the period. Like they go through ancient Egypt, they go through all these different places. Uh, and that was cool. They, what I like actually is as that starting, there's a really cool page where down the side of the page, just like you see them speeding around the Earth. Um, yeah. But the Earth panels really reminded me of Crisis on Infinite Earths for some reason. And I don't know if that was an intentional little thing. I would guarantee that it is. It has yeah. to be. But uh, no, that was that was all fun stuff. If I'm if I'm going to be kind of critiques though, I do think the art is really hit and miss. Uh, yeah, there's some pages that I think look really rough. Uh, Iris's face, but just after the double page layout of them going through all the different uh, like places and I think time periods. Maybe they're not actually moving through time, but I think they are. No, they are because they if are. you look, and I'm going to break this down real quick. They're in caveman times. Oh I'm yeah, actually, sure. yeah, there's caveman at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, the screen, the screen. oh, there's a screen because it's an iPad, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Page. yeah. At the bottom of the page, because I'm pretty sure one of those is Vandal Savage, and then you have the Hawks. If you look in the ah, Egypt one, yeah, you're right. There's Hawks in there. They're flying, and then you have Etrigan and Shining Knight in the third one at the castles. The Haunted Tank in it was it Sergeant Rock, and yeah. all of them. They've got the two Wallies, and presumably close yep. to present day. And then it looks like the Tornado Twins in the future. Uh, very well tornado. spotted. You really read into this page a lot more than I did. Oh, uh, I love. So we, we all play. know this. I I love the history of the DCU. So anytime there's a page like this, yeah, like yeah, what got me was Etrigan up on the parapet, and I was just like, oh, what else is here? And so you know, I, I went through them all. But mm. back to what you're saying about the art, yeah. Is the, uh, it, Iris's it, face on that next page? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Iris's pa- the, the panel at the top specifically. It's a profile sh- profile shot of Iris as they're sort of running back into the room. I do not know. It, she looks like a blow up doll. And a, a caveman <laughs> blow up doll. On top of that, her forehead is 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 Neanderthal esque. It's rough stuff. I, I really yeah. and I don't think either of the artists are. I mean, I like Howard Porter a lot, and I don't no. think Paul Pelletier is not bad either. Like, I no, but I I've seen some of Pelletier's art look like that in some issues of Aquaman. When he was writing with Johns, I feel like this. I, may think, have, I feel like this might have been a rush to get this out in yep. time. It, it yep. really feels like that. Um, so the art, unfortunately, in this one's quite sketchy, mm-hmm. uh, which is unfortunate. And there's some yeah. pages that work a little bit better, of course, but it it, it is definitely hit and miss, mm. and it's a real shame, uh, especially since it's like these big emotional moments that you, it, it kind of takes you out of it because things something's not quite right. So that, that's a shame. yeah. Um, also, yeah, uh, so, subtle touch I really liked uh, is you know when Iris is like Barry, take me home, and she's like pissed at him, and she's kind of scared at him, uh, and they they speed out of the the room, but you it basically leaves, and you see like just the uh, like that this destroyed Flash Museum uh, empty behind him for a couple of panels at the end, mm-hmm. and I really like that. It's kind of like look at the damage that this has caused, even if it's not all necessarily Barry's fault, just the idea that this old deal has left his life in this, these ruins, and it's this and literal representation. Yeah, his lit- this, this is a sort of literal representation, mm-hmm. and you don't really get literal representations, but you know what I mean. It's a representation yeah. of what his life is like right now. It's just in complete chaos. It's, it's tarnished, it's trashed. It's, gr- it's just good stuff in terms of... Yeah. The idea behind well, it's good, even if the art's a little bit sketchy. Yeah, and see, and the fact that he kind of went to Thon's level... You know, and t- tapped into that negative speed force has has kind of left his life in shambles, and that's where I meant at the end that yeah. Barry's usually the positive, sunny guy, and always is looking. You know, if he doesn't like you, he'll be a, a smart ass to you, like he is to Green Arrow. You know, 
Mm. But other than that, he's still a basic good guy. And, and here he tapped into that, and it's kind of cost him his relationships with Wally and with Iris now. And that last page is just him kind of crumpled over at his desk in despair. And yeah, yeah it was a nice emotional hit there. So, yeah, solid ideas, some good uh, character stuff going on. A couple of things fell rushed uh, and unearned, mainly with Iris, um, and the art was kind of sketchy. So all in all, it's kind of a weird mixed bag of an issue, uh, even mm-hmm. if overall I like kind of what it's doing. So, you know, unfortunate. But, um, but there you go. Uh, so that'll take us on to Batgirl number 13, Hope Larson rating, and it's Inaki Miranda on art. And this is kind of kind of like uh, between the first and second arc, you know, between you know the the, the Asia stuff and then the Son of Penguin. We had that the one Ivy sh- issue. Yeah, we had that Ivy issue on the plane, the one sort of one shot story. And yeah. likewise, here we have a one shot story before we get to the next arc. And this is a story uh, set one night, and it's a uh, Esme, a little girl who we met before. We met her in the library. Mm-hmm. She was like uh, Barbara was kind of like you helping mean, them train. You mean they're watching us right now? That girl. Yeah. Like- that girl yeah. uh, and she's out she's got like uh, all of her protective like skateboarding gear on yep. <laughs> basically she's got knee pads and a helmet on and all that and she's out basically being her own little vigilante she's questioning these kids about uh, what turns out to be a missing dog and Batgirl shows up and like helps and chases off the kids uh, and basically what it turns into is a team up where Batgirl's got this really smart little girl sidekick uh, mm-hmm. who's adorable and funny throughout the entire thing and then turns into an also team up with Catwoman because the whole plot is about uh, this, this uh, what's her name? Some, what's, what's, the, uh, what's the ridiculous... I'm, I'm getting to her. What's the ridiculous cat team? Velvet Tiger. Velvet Tiger, that was her name. Well, I've never even heard of and oh, I run f- deep in DC. Yeah, I've not heard so... of Velvet Tiger. Although, it was kind of that weird thing though, even though I've not heard of him, like, yeah, she seems to fit. <laughs> like, yeah, it, I oh yeah, I have no problems with it, but uh, like, when I got to that page turn and reveal, you know, it was, okay, cool. But yeah, someone someone kidnapped, uh, what's what's the cat's name? Uh, Isis was the name of the cat, and Isis. The, the dog's name is, oh god. Well, he's the... he's the firehouse dog, right? So he's yeah. saved from ba- a, a ba- fire. Yeah. And... Ba- basically, the... the the silver tiger yeah velvet velvet tiger uh, she she is stealing famous cats and dogs and other pets from instagram well or whatever their fake instagram is in instagram pixed pick pixagram uh but she she's stealing these these more famous things and it's like and that was one of the funny elements of the issue is that Batgirl's like wait cat women you have like an account for your cat and it's like yeah and i've got a deal with some cat food company yeah uh, or a perfume company um I love this issue. This was a blast. This was like a Shane Black directed issue yes. of Batgirl. Yes, it was because it had the humor and everything. The line that killed me, and it's just like, so my favorite, you know, like DC ladies list is it's kind of short and it rotates. You know, Lois is on there, and Barbara Gordon and and Kara mainly. One woman's been there, but I think Babs has just leapfrogged Lois for the for the moment. Oh my. Yeah, based off of this issue, because how she's dealing with Esme and, like, how she gets her trust is like, oh, I know Barbara Gordon, and she's told me about this really smart little girl yeah. and actually, at the to, library. See, to compliment the art, uh, uh-huh. their facial, like, uh, like sort of expressions during this, especially Esme's shocked face after she's like, yep. she told you about me? It, le- yeah. it legit looks like a kid who's, like, yeah. like shocked that, like, you know, someone's talked about. It. It's, it's great stuff. 
Um, I also want to compliment the art on the previous page as well. When she's telling her about who the dog is, and it's like, um, like the, it's like the the, the the story, the flashback story of the fireman finding the dog, sort of bleeds into the like the panels that it's, it's like in. a fade. Yeah, in a movie, and I, I really like that. It's this really well done, really really quick. Um, all of their interactions, I love that she basically tricks, or not tricks, but like background's like, oh, I'm going to take you home now. So where, where do you live? And the sea cat woman, and like, you know, if you take me home, you're never going to find out because she wants to like go on the adventure. Uh, yep. and it's just it's just really fun, you know, witty kid stuff. The kid's really smart as well. She knows all these like science facts about cats and dogs. She wants to yeah. be a vet, except that she's allergic to, ca- allergic. to cats and dogs. So yeah, there's shots. She'll she'll be good. You know what I mean? You can get yeah. your allergy shots. But, it, but it's adorable because she keeps sneezing. Yeah, and well, that's what gives them away eventually yeah. is her sneezing. The line that killed me was Barbara talking about how much she hates Burnside anymore because the hipster boutiques that have opened up include a perfumery for pets mm. and she's just like i can't take this anymore <laughs> and it, between that and the during the emperor or the, the emperor penguin oh they're talking about new 52 the son of the penguin arc mm. where they had that bar that was kind of inverted uh that, yeah, she, right. that she went remember. to oh yeah wasn't and the, she was kind of over wasn't that the, wasn't the one that was also like a laundrette and a bar at the same time and it was all the washing yeah, machines that, were on the, the, the wall that was weird yep and so she's just like, God, I love this part of town, but I just can't. Because oh. whenever I think Burnside's hit bottom, another level of nonsense opens. Yeah. So, um, also, ugh. just to compliment the art, I'm just looking at the page where they get to the, the animals, and like the cat looks great. Like that, that's a detailed yeah. cat, like you know, pawing up to get to Catwoman. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they find the whole thing. Esme has a has a little fun moment where she's like hiding, and she throws out this little chew toy that looks like a grenade. Uh, yeah. And it makes all the all the bad guys henchmen sort of like you know just sort of scatter. Yeah. yeah, it's good fun stuff. Um, and it, even just the ending is really sweet. Where they're like, "Oh, let's get a photo of the girl who saved Rookie the dog for the for the paper," because mm-hmm. uh, everyone knows him. So he's like a little town hero. Yeah, he's um, famous. And she's like, "Oh, I can't. My mum will know I snuck out." And she's like, "Oh, let's just take a photo of your feet." And she's like, "Do you want to be in the photo with me, bad girl?" And she's like, "Okay." And it's just all sweet. It's it's yeah. like it's kind of like taking the Shane Black kind of like smart ass sidekick kid, right? But yeah. just also adding in the sweetness to it. It, it just it gives it this. I don't know. It was such a fun issue. This was a great one shot. Yeah, I was super into. I this. agree. I was super. I agree, into and I I felt the same too about the ivy on the plane. Like I said, up to yeah. that point, that was my favorite issue thus far, and then this this one. I think this might be my favorite of the monthly books for sure. I look forward to Batgirl. This is yeah. my first read this week. Yeah, maybe I have to think about it, but um, uh, I, I will say this. Yeah. So the ending, like she gets her home, and it sets up a little little plot plot strand for Esme where. Mm-hmm. She feels a little bit lonely because her mother keeps not coming home till late. She works a lot since she feels that her mother's never there. And I, and I think that's setting up a little plot thread that we can kind of pay off later with her. And the other thing that I think this issue does really well that I really like is that by bringing Esme back, because she was good when we first met her as well, but like this was a real chance to like get to know her and mm-hmm. really care about her, is that it makes me care about Batgirl saving the town a lot more because it's given me a civilian face in the town that I care about. So now whenever yeah. the whenever the town's in jeopardy, whenever like oh some villain might destroy the whole town, it's like I'm going to think oh no Esme <laughs> is in trouble, and because of that, it makes yeah. me care a little bit more. Uh, so I think this issue was a really fun story, really make, really made me care about this new supporting character that you know can pop up from time to time, and I hope she does. Um, but it, it gave the the town uh, a human face that I can care about. 
I don't think that's good. When they moved Babs to Burnside, it was this big, huge moment in the New 52, and ultimately it fell flat for both of us. Mm-hmm. I feel this is doing what they meant to. You know, it's it's tying her into that part of the city. Yeah. It's showing her reactions to all of this. She's Larson doesn't write her as too cool for school. Like, she's not bringing people down with QR codes, you know? <laughs> yeah, um... Supporting cast is a big thing for me. I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of the New 52 suffered because it was scared to give character support and cast. I think Nightwing suffered from it, the New 52. Batgirl yep. suffered from it. Uh, lot, lots of books suffered from it. Um, yep. Not that they didn't have any, of course. Uh, like Batgirl's roommate was a big thing in the New 52, so maybe she's not. She didn't suffer from it as much as some of the other characters did, but it just it felt like there were there were so Superman was terrible for it because they they basically just you kept, can just leave terrible. And yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm getting at, like. So, I feel like taking the time to do this supporting character, Hope Larson, I mean, I've liked both her arcs, but definitely these one-shots have been like the two crown jewels in the run so far. Yep. So, um, but no, uh, I, I would say this is probably my favourite issue of the run. Mm-hmm. My so job. far. So, uh, no. So, g- g- great job. Uh, really, really liked it. Um yeah, so uh, I guess that'll take us on. I just want to fawn over it because I, I, I sort of like, even though I enjoyed Batgirl the month, I didn't expect to love the issue as much as I did yeah. this this time. So yeah. I, was just, I got to the end of it, I'm like, man, that was great. Uh, so there you go. That's that's Batgirl. That'll take us on to Teen Titans number ten, Benjamin Percy writing. Uh, we have Coit. This is really weird. We got two artists, right? And I guess mm. this was like a you know when he finish this in time kind of thing. I don't think this one that suffers like Flash did though, but the reason why I'm pausing to tell you about this before I say the names is I think it's really funny how these two last names are really similar barring one letter. Uh, we have yep. Koi Fam and Pop Mam and they're both spelled uh, H-A-M at the end of the last names yep. and I think that's really funny. Uh, but, yep. but it was like we don't, we, don't have, we don't quite have relatives but we have two people who have very similar sounding names. Let's just put them yeah. together. It just felt... And very similar uh, penciling styles. Because yeah, it doesn't jar. They meld at very all. well. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of looking for it because it said very specifically at the start that it switches yeah. after page sixteen. It wasn't like it was like you know bits and pieces. It was yeah. no first sixteen pages is uh, Koi Fam, who's been the regular artist, and then right. Pop Mam uh, for the for the rest of it. Pop Mam is a really fun name. <laughs> Pop. And I like I like their style too, like the way that they draw uh, Starfire, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I like. So, so the big things in this issue, of course, we're continuing with the the Aqualad story, and Black Manta, of course, showed up at the end of the last issue. Uh, Aqualad jumps in, Jackson jumps in to sort of defend his mother. It's like you know, if you want me, take me. So Black Manta takes him, um, and Jackson's mother shows up at Titan's Tower and asks for help, which you know leads the plot yeah. going forward. Um, but the other big thing in this issue is that Beast Boy. Uh, when he's out with Starfire, starts to question. It's like, oh, you know, Robin's been a dick. He's probably fired Jackson, just like he fired Wally. Uh, we need to do something. Raven, of course, is also like nagging uh, yeah, Robin. Uh, what's his face? Oh, Damien. Damien. <laughs> Damien. <laughs> well, like, sometimes names just escape your head, okay? Uh, he, she's nagging Damien. It's like, oh, you're being a dick. You've you know, you've fired. You're, you're trying to justify it to yourself, and you're being too hard on Jackson to make yourself feel better. Um, you know, because Damien's even asking Batman for advice. Like, oh, how do you keep the Justice League in line, uh, Dad? How do, how do you do that? I don't. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, 
And it's shown that Damien, despite the fact that he thinks he's the, the best there is to uh, lead the team, he's not actually prepared for it. And it pairs up nicely with the Starfire stuff because Beast Boy's like, you're the oldest and, you know, he doesn't actually say this next part, but she was also on the previous Teen Titans. She's, a, she's an original, yeah. you know, new Titans member. So mm-hmm. it feels like she should be the leader. She's the the legacy. She's the older legacy character who should be the one leading the team. Right. Uh, so when Jackson's mother comes in and all of this starts going down, uh, Damien's still being a little dick. So Starfire basically just by default jumps into leader mode and starts giving out orders like mm-hmm. Beast Boy, go and do this with the ocean. Uh, Raven, go do this. You know, contact Tempest because we need we need some experience with Black Manta. Yep. And, and then she's like. Damien, you go do this, and he's like, but it's like, no, we don't have time for this. Just go do it, and he said, yeah. I just he begrudgingly just goes and does it, and I think this will be a really fun kind of turn for Damien, where maybe he does give up being leader to Starfire for a while, because maybe maybe yeah. he'll you know learn that he isn't quite ready right now to be to, to do lead. that job. Yeah, yeah. Not everybody's John. Like John will just listen to him because he has seniority. You know, he doesn't necessarily have seniority over any of these others. Maybe Wally and and Aqualad, but the rest of them have have been doing stuff for a little bit at least. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, it depends to the point. Like, like, how long in the New Fifty Two universe, like, has Beast Boy been around? I have no idea. Yeah. Like, it's kind of wish wishy washy in that sense. But... Oh man, remember when he was part of the Red and he was Red? Oh. <laughs> I don't actually, I, but um... I do. Man, uh, but, but no, it was good, and and I like how they dealt with Black Manta here. I like his, you know, he's a rogue. He's a treasure hunter. Yes, Yeah. Cause the whole, the whole thing, we get this backstory, how he, he, he the reason why I even uh, got with Jax's mother, cause she was obviously from Zebel, which is the same place as uh, Mira. So yeah, that's why yeah. she can do all the water trickery. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so she, he basically he's after the Black Pearl, which you know it was giving me some weird Pirates of the Caribbean thoughts, which I don't like having. I like you you couldn't name it anything else. You had to call it the Black Pearl. But like it's the same thing Jack Sparrow goes after, man. But he's like he's looking for that, and she 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 helps him find this this necklace thing that's like a map to it. It's very Indiana Jones. It's very treasure hunting sort of malarkey. Hence uh, why I liked it. But it's all underwater, of course. But he's taking Jackson because Jackson's got the necklace, and he's taking Jackson to this location that they're trying to find the Black Pearl. Um, and obviously, it ends with a big cliffhanger that they get to the Black Pearl. This seems too easy. There's like, oh, it's a giant squid monster thing, but a big octopus yeah. monster uh, attacking them, and that's all fine and well. But what I loved about this, right? So we get all this backstory and stuff, and Jackson's like trying to like talk to him. He's like, you know, he's like, don't talk to me. I don't care about you being my son. And it's kind of like what you said in uh, Flash about uh, sometimes apathy's uh, worse than hate. Because yep. Jackson's like telling them about his life. He's like, "Oh, my favorite band's this. I do this. I like I have these interests. This is what I'm like." And then he, he adds at the end, "And I'm gay." Right? He adds that on at the end. And Black Manta. And this, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe someone who's actually came out to the parents can tell me if this is worse or not. But yeah. I have to imagine that, like, even worse than, "Oh, you're gay. Oh my god." Like, you know, that that reaction yeah. where they're they're opposing to the idea. Is that better or worse than what Black Manta does, where he just turns around and says? Do you think I care? You're just meat. <laughs> like yeah, we're all just meat. It doesn't well, matter. I don't care. Like the only reason he even cares about this kid is because he has the necklace. Like, like him being his son doesn't even matter. I mean, the apathy there is. I mean, yeah. I suppose it's not comparable to a regular parent freaking out because their kid's gay. Because at least in that situation, the parent was already like having a relationship and they already cared about yeah. them. So that's like taking away. The, the illusion that they cared about them no matter what mm-hmm. whereas here this is like you know 
oh, long lost father is a complete evil dickhead who does not care about me at all. Like, you know, so it's almost like Jackson's reaching for that moment where he wants to come out to his yeah. father. It's like a big moment in his life because it's a big part of him. And his father's like, I don't give a shit. Well, <laughs> and, and you get the so. fact that you know that Manta and his dad were close because they bring it back up here. They mm. would do treasure hunts together and he's doing this all in his dad's memory. Like, yeah, Black Manta's dad, not Jackson's uh, yeah, foster father. The way he said that, the sentence sounded like you are talking about Jackson's dad. Yeah, no, no. Uh, no, but so... And we should touch that the Black Pearl also can like control storms. Like a famous pirate had it, mm. and Atlantis and the surface world had come together to stop her. Yeah, that was an interesting part of the history here that uh, Atlantis uh-huh. and the surface world joined forces because this threat was too big. Uh, so I that's like cool that. Stuff, yeah. Maybe Shades of Seven Seas mm. coming. I don't know, but I, I liked all that, and I like Black Manta when he's not the head of some weird undersea evil organization. So that is fair. Uh, yeah, he's just a great villain because he's he has no setting other than himself. Like he only wants to to kill Aquaman because he holds Aquaman responsible for his dad's death. And other than that, he doesn't care. It's a personal revenge style, and that I think that breaks him out from other Justice League villains. Hmm. Um. No, I I I, I, I honestly I've always been into Black Manta just because I thought his helmet looked cool. <laughs> He's got a cool look, for sure. Yeah, I like I like the idea that an evil scuba diver is Aquaman's arch nemesis. There's just something mm-hmm. kind of cool about that. Uh, but I like what it's doing with uh, this family stuff to set him up. I'm liking what it's doing with Damien's. Like, you know, is, should he be a leader? Should Starfire be the leader? Uh, I'm really excited to explore that. I think this issue, uh, one of the best this series has had, actually. Uh, I think maybe yeah. it's it's finding its feet. Maybe you know, person. Maybe I'm just saying that because if. Because the first start was actually a lot of fun. I think it was just because we had that weird misstep with the crossover, which kind of yeah. felt like a, felt like a damper in all of the books involved. Like all of them felt like they kind of had this this down point because of that crossover because mm-hmm. it wasn't that good. Uh, but now we're back into the main things, and you know, Deathstroke was pretty good. Desmond Teen Titans was pretty good. Titans was enjoyable. So you know, uh, we got through that, and, and and we know now too that the writer didn't want it to be this big crossover. He just wanted it to happen in the pages of Deathstroke, yeah. which so. I mean. And I've said this before about uh, the, these crossovers being so quick. The, the, the upside is that, okay, it wasn't that good, but it was over in a month and we're back to things being yeah. you know, good. Short, short so, memories. So, yeah, so I can't complain too much, I suppose. Um, that'll take us on to Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number 25. This is the special anniversary exercise issue. Robert Vendetti on the writing and Ethan Van Skyver. Uh, on art now obviously Connor usually talks to you about this Matt but he's not here yep. so you are flying solo what happened yep. in old Hal and Pals this month or this week because it's twice so, a month I'll just start that Venditti is still one of my most frustrating writers <laughs> because half the stuff he writes I love and the other half I'm just like what are you doing so this picks up on last issue where Tomar 2 has you know they, they know what he's done by killing Tomar, no, Romatru, the uh, the evil Sinister Korg child killer. And they have him and Hal surrounded, and Hal holds them at bay, the Sinister Korg members, until, you know, Arkillo can come in and kind of bail him out. And he kind of gets on the Sinister people, are like, look, you know, you were warned. We're, we're working with these guys. He's going to face justice. Just let it happen. But... Sorenik's also super pissed, right? Because she found out about her kid that doesn't really exist from the future coming back to destroy him. And she branded Kyle. 
but she's had a full-on villain break here, and that that's one of the things that drives me nuts. Is I haven't been reading this from the beginning, right? We all know that Connor's you know praise led me back in. Yeah, but man, Soren Akira just feels mis miswritten and mis. Uh, do, you, do you feel like it's, do you feel it's forced for just because he wants to tell yeah. a, this plot, so he's just going to force it so he can do it. That's what it is, and so she's like, "I am no longer Sornik Natu. I am Sornik Sinestro," and the the Green Lanterns and the you know Yellow can't get along because there's too many differences. It's like, well, nah, because you overthrew your your dad because he had taken things too far, and now like you're gonna let this all break it. Like you're a surgeon. Like, you know about the long game here. So it just, it feels hollow. And there's a splash page where she's just kind of like, you know, I know the truth. I I know what Sinestro is planning because I am now Sorenek Sinestro. And it's just, it's super melodramatic. And they start chanting Sinestro's name. And and it, and they, they all pledge loyalty except for a group that, you know, we're just like, no, we believe in, in this dream. Uh, we, we learn from the Green Lantern Corps. And it's like, it's Space Ape, which that's a plus for me. Because I like that he gets I like to say I, I, I like the idea that there's a group of them that say, no, we actually like this alliance. And like, yeah, that's, that, that's yeah. interesting to me. That's cool. And so they take John's side. And so John's like, well, if there's anyone else. And so Guy and Arkillo have a last minute, like a, a final moment together as buds. And... He's like, look, if we have to fight, we'll fight. And Arkell's like, no, we, we made an oath to each other. And so we're cool, but, you know, I have to follow Sinestro's word because, like, that's my thing. So they leave, and you can kind of see that they'll hang out on the weekends. Because <laughs> it's not necessarily that they're going to – that the Yellows are going to go back to being, like, straight-up terrorists. It's They're going to do things their own way. So it's almost like – I'm trying to think of a – because they're not exactly a police force. They're almost kind of like a mercenary group. Like, I feel like you need extra help in dealing with the situation. So, you know, the ra- – not the Ravagers, that's Guardians, but Bullfunga's group, you know, they're terrorizing. You bring in the Sinestros because they'll do stuff that the Green Lanterns can't. So I, I do like that. It's one of the ideas that I kind of like going forward. But, yeah, we get to the end and we get a cool moment of, of them fighting with some of the Yellow Lanterns. And uh, trying to go about this the right way, it's it's evening out. But John has one final trick: that when they built the yellow lantern, he put a green impurity in there. So now oh. the yellows don't work on green. Oh, yeah. Oh dear. And so there's an override there, and she gets so mad, and she, and Sornix like, see, this is the stuff I was talking about. You never fully trusted us. This is why it can't work. And I was like, well, lady, you just kind of let an insurrection, right? Like, of course. <laughs> when you wield the but power of fear, At the same you know, time, though, she kind of has a point. Like, She has a point now, but yeah. she wouldn't have found out about it unless she had gotten all pissed off with Kyle, you know? So... Mm, okay, okay. I, I just... I, I, I think she, she kind of has a point there. Like She does, but again, you forced John's hand. So he was like, well... Yeah, I didn't tell you this, but there's a green impurity. So good luck trying to destroy us going forward. But so it kind of forces them into an uneasy truce because they, you know, if I, I feel like if they can overcome their, like the greens can overcome fear, it'll work on yellow. I feel now this, if, I don't know how you overcome will though. I guess if you just give into the power of fear, 
you can again it's it's Venditti's half baked idea. But mm. we get to the very end and and we see Quard, the the old antimatter universe, and yeah, I'm glad you uh, specified what that was there because I was <laughs> I was going to. You don't remember Quard? That, that's where he where Quard. Sinestro got his original yellow ring from. They had built it for him. Oh, right. It's in the, okay, yeah. Yeah. And right, okay. um, what's her name? Lissa Drac, the like the prophetess of the the book of the of Sinestro. Is there cradling a burned up Sinestro who's not actually dead? You know, remember like, all the names that pop up in Green Lanterns quite a short yeah. times, isn't it? <laughs> it is. But see, again, it was my one of my big fandoms. So mm. I remember certain ones like her. You know, she had a cool look to her. She's also uh, Shadow Lass. They come from the same planet. Shadow Lass is a Legion character. So it's easy. Again, easy for me to remember. But yeah, so Sinestro's not actually dead. Surprise, surprise. Or she's going to bring him back somehow because his ring still works, it looks like. Uh, and we get a tease for the new gods next. But, yeah, we, so we have some new members of the Green Lantern Corps in the Sinestro members. And then we finally get to that other Zudarian that we had saw in the first issue I came back where she was telling the story to her grandkids about her time as a Green Lantern. Uh, his ring, he his final moment as a Green Lantern, he gets to direct the ring to Zudar. Uh, and then he goes to serve his sentence in a science cell for killing the other one. Are the new Green Lantern members from Sinestro Corps, are they, did they change colors? Do they have some sort yep. of different... Oh, cool. Yep, they're, they're full-on Green Lantern. So you get Space Ape in a in a Green Lantern uniform. You get the, the dude with the eye patch. I don't know his name, but he can grow, make himself bigger and smaller. Uh, you have a guy that looks like a warlord with these big, huge like shoulder pads. And then Tomar... Uh, Tomar 2, I get all these names confused. His partner that's like a, a living robot type guy, he joined too. So, oh, yeah, there's some nice members. They look a little bit scarier than normal, but, you know, they were Sinestro Corps members. It kind of goes, but yeah, it, they built the ranks. I, I like most I, of the I, issue, I like the Sinestro stuff, I'm out. Like, yeah, I, I really like the idea of some 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 of them switching sides and becoming mm-hmm. Green Lanterns. That's a cool idea. Uh, some of the rest of it, I'm not... But see, I, I feel too like you should have you could have had some Green Lantern members that are kind of like, well, no, I kind of get what Sinestro's are about. Like it would have been cool if like a Yellow Ring came for uh, Tomar too, mm. you know. And then he now he has to struggle with his father's legacy, but does he join the Yellow side or not? Like that that'd be a fun little yeah. You know, hinge. Um, it's funny actually. Connor was trying to convince me to catch up in this the other day. <laughs> And I was like, eh, I don't really feel like it. And then, like hearing you talk about it again, it's like, eh, it sounds. It sounds like there's more that's going to annoy me than I'm going to enjoy. See, there's been more. Like, see, I'm in for Gardner. What, what got me to come back was Guy Gardner for Starkillo. You know, knocking the hell out of each other for an issue, and their whole bromance, I love. Matt, and that, you, that's still there. You realize the rest of it, though. You realize that oh. soon. You know, maybe a couple of arcs down the line. There's going to be a time where they have to fight. Oh, I know. I, I feel when Sinestro takes power again, our killers and becomes lapdog, and guys gonna be like, "Bro, this isn't you." And he's like, "You don't know me." And then he gives him his tooth back, you know, that that he broke off and and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, so it'll make sense down the line. I don't like it though. Mm-hmm. And just yeah, anything with Sinestro, I'm kind of out. I liked I liked the way Johns had written Sinestro, 
everyone else just feels like he's a mustache twirling villain. And that's not who Sinestro is. Sinestro craves order. And that's why he does these things. And I felt like Venditti wrote him as a cackling madman. Oh, uh, there we go. As a, as a Green Lantern here, Hal Jordan. And that'll take us on to... What are we on? Batman Beyond, number 10. Dan yeah. Dragon's writing. And Bernard Chang on art. Once again, I feel like I don't... like. This, I feel like this book is enjoyable, but it doesn't bring like a whole lot of plot per issue. <sighs> Yeah, I, I think I might just wait this one out and it might be on the drop list just for mm. time because I am enjoying it and I love this world, but this issue kind of jumped the shark for me because I liked where it was going and I love having Terry, but just the Damien stuff is rough. I feel, I feel like I feel like we're still... F- it's the same fight in the snow that we, started, we left on last yeah. issue. We're still there. Don't get me wrong. I did enjoy Goliath appearing. That was a fun little tidbit in the fight. He um, didn't kill Goliath, did he? He just choked him out. Because if Terry killed Goliath, I'm going to be upset. I think he's dead. Oh, uh, I don't know. Oh, man. He looked dead to me. I, I don't he's know. He's the last of Dragon Bat, so that means Terry just committed genocide. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I've always said that I enjoy this book, but, you know, if week four starts to get busier, you know, it'll be an easy cut because it's, it's separate. From, you know, it's out of continuity. And you know it's, it doesn't feel like it's part of the main line and all the yeah. rest of it. And you know this time next month we're going to start having those uh, metal one shots like peeking yeah. into a lot of weeks. So you know it may, it may be more tempting to. Uh, I will say this: it's it's the last book I read on a week four always, and, and I'm never that in a rush to yeah. get to Batman Beyond. It's always just kind of a nice little read at the end. And I still, you know, I still had fun reading it for the most part. Like that. Yeah, it, it's not bad. It's just it's the fact that there's other things I could be reading. Like I'm I'm behind on some of my independence mm. now. Damien using Brother Eye, I thought was a weird and interesting choice. Like yeah. bringing that into it, like, you know, Brother Eye. Obviously, if you're not read, you know, like Checkmate and Infinite Crisis and all Project. that, All Mac Project and all that, all that build up. Uh, Brother Eye was a satellite system that, that Batman. I built. guess that had to do with everything that happened in between the books, and that's why Bruce yeah. Wayne had died. Quote was. So yeah, but here we find out that Damien left because he felt that Bruce's mission will never be complete because Bruce has too many rules. So uh, he went and joined Roz and kind of almost uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not rebooted, but he he cleaned up the League of Assassins mm. or the League of Shadows, whatever one that. They were still about saving the world, but they weren't, you know, murdering people to do it anymore. Not necessarily. But what pissed him off is seeing someone running around in the Batman suit that wasn't him. Yeah, there's that, you know, I think supposed to be touching moment where he comes back and he sees, like, Terry being treated like the son that he's supposed to be treated as. And yeah. it, um, it is fine. But like, like, but... He should know Bruce does that. Like, he's got, like, four older brothers. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, it's it's not like a, a new weird thing for him. Um, no. I I just I felt like there was wasn't a lot of advancement in the issue. I felt like we're still in the middle of the same fight that we started the issue on, um, and it just it didn't feel like enough stuff really moved. I, I enjoyed Goliath. I enjoyed a couple of things that they brought up, um, but it definitely isn't a book that I need to read. And I I kind of was feeling that as I was kind of putting it off, and then like oh okay I'll read it, and it was yeah it was fine. Um, yeah. But I can see Batman Beyond getting get, getting dropped. Not because it's terrible by any means. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely had some fun stuff. But it's it's never been a priority read on a week four. Um, 
I, either in terms of uh, like quality or like in terms of importance to what's yeah. going on, like in the sort of the overall universe kind of thing. Um, and this this arc kind of has been not not bad, but it's been kind of steadily just kind of dipping with each issue. Yeah, because it started off great. I liked it with Kiare and Terry kind of be like, yeah, it can wait. Yeah, and that issue was good. Bad. Yeah, and and then like. But it, since yeah. they've revealed Damien, and that was a decent sort of cliffhanger, but since then it's it's felt a little bit more. Uh, all this stuff where it's mostly been in the snow fighting, and then there's been some flashbacks to, like you know what happened with Damien in this in this mm-hmm. continuity and stuff. It just I, I don't know. It's it's, it's it's felt a little bit slow. Um, yeah, but hey ho. I agree. So now nah, we'll we'll see we'll see. I mean, I, I, we'll see if we if we get to it next month. I'm 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 I'll, not feeling. I'll finish this arc, I think, and then that'll be it for sure. Just because mm. with metal coming and everything else, like uh, yeah, I'm gonna, gonna have a full plate. Yeah, we're gonna have metal with tie-ins. We're gonna have Doomsday Clock not long after that. So yeah, we're gonna have meaty. Uh, and people who know me know I'm a completionist. Like I feel like I have to read, even if I don't. You know necessarily going to keep going with stuff. Like, I read everything that yeah. had to do with Justice League versus Suicide Squad. So, oh, yeah, and Metal, especially since, like, those, like, the way they've spaced them out is, like, Metal's out on the, the I think it's week three next month for the first issue, but then after that, Metal's out on week two, and then there's, like, tie-ins on every other week mm-hmm. for the one-shots, and I like that. It gives us a headlining book each week, because we'll always start yep. with the, the Metal tie-in. Um, so... Yeah, so we'll be doing those. But anyway, so yeah, that's Batman Beyond. Uh, so yeah, this is it's okay. It's, it's it's the definition of a fine, inoffensive book that's not doing anything particularly great. Um, that is on your last book, which is Batman: The Shadow Number Four. Steve Orlando and Scott Snyder writing and Riley Rosmo on art. Uh, similar to Batman Beyond, I was kind of not putting this off because I was dreading it by any means. I just wasn't in a rush to get to it because again, it, it didn't mm-hmm. feel as important. That said, the difference between this and Batman Beyond is that once I actually read this. I was like, oh shit, this is good. <laughs> like, it was doing a lot of things that I was really impressed by. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a moment early on. So, so Batman's uh, fighting, uh, he's went off to fight the Joker. Joker's got all these villains. They kind of confirmed it's not in continuity because Clayface yep. is part of the villains, uh, which is the big tipping point for me. Um, but the he's fighting them off, and the spirit, of course, broke free from Alfred. Uh, at the end of the previous issue, and he's off to fight him. And there's a great, there's a fantastic. The shadow, one. not the spirit. Different, different pulp hero. Did I say spirit? Sorry. Yeah, shadow. The spirit. Yeah. Will Eisner has nothing to do with this. Yeah. So, but my favorite, possibly my favorite moment in this issue. There's a lot of good moments in it. Is the Joker starts laughing. There's this great page with all these, all these panels. They're all white panels going down the page, and it's all the laughter as he's laughing, and all the, all the other villains are kind of smiling along with him. And then Joker eventually stops laughing, but the laughing's all still there. And he's like, wait, that's not me. And then next page, big two-page spread of uh, of Shadow appearing and being like, I know. And he's like, oh, man. That was and an And I can hear the laughing, too. Yeah. Like I could, if it's a movie, I know how that scene plays out. And I, I appreciated that. I do, like, Snyder can write the Joker. I've never had an issue yeah. with it. So I wonder how much of that was him or Orlando. You know, because that feels very much like a Scott Snyder-ism. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so a lot of this is the fight, but the fight is very fun. Like Batman telling yeah. Shadow not to kill them, kind of working together with all these villains all coming at them. Yeah, uh, is a lot of fun stuff. Uh, it all boils down though to uh, Batman actually pushing the Joker out of the way, even though the Joker's kind of like willing to kill Batman here. Finally, kind of in this sort yeah. of, sort of sideline continuity. 
Um, and you know, again, Joker's voice. Like I could hear Mark Hamill as Joker said, uh, mm-hmm. "You do care." Like, I could, I could hear Mark, Mark Hamill saying uh-huh. that in my head. Um, but but doing that ends up the stag ends up getting Batman. He stabs him right in the chest, uh, and, uh. and Shadow's like there with him at the end, and he's like holding him. And uh, the, the police do come and take out Stag and Joker, but Stag comes to get Joker in the hospital at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah we've, we've got stuff to go do um, but there's some good stuff though is Batman's passing out from the, the, the pain because uh, Sh- Shadow's like trying to like patch him up and he's like cauterizing the wood, the wound yeah. and he's like oh this is going to hurt he's like if you had trained me you knew that wouldn't matter he's like okay that's a that's a kind of a because Batman line but it's a badass one yeah. I'm, I'm accepting that uh, favourite little moment I actually I was obviously the art's been really good in this series throughout I really mm-hmm. like the police all coming towards the scene of the crime like you, you yeah. have Monta- Montoya uh, and what's his face from Gotham Central? I can't forget his name, but it's what the guy who's always with her, and Christmas Allen. There you go. The Spectre later. Yeah, they, they, they're they're driving towards the uh, the scene of the crime, and then it's like Gordon. And Gordon brings up a story, and this is the weird thing: as much as it's out of continuity, they reference uh, Nightfall, which is <laughs> interesting. Mm-hmm. But he's like, "Oh, I got this phone call once, and the last the one time this phone ever rang, that this number rang on my phone. It mm-hmm. was uh, Batman got his back broke by a maniac. So that when that phone rang." I'm going, and then the last panel is it's Alfred. Alfred's the one. Yeah. It's, you get the idea that Alfred makes this call to Gordon when he thinks Batman might be screwed. Yeah. When he thinks he might not make it out, he makes the call. Mm. Uh, so no, it was it was funny because you know issue three was good, but not as good as one and two. So I, I went into this one feeling a little bit. Oh, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not as excited, but then it may mm-hmm. ended up maybe being my favorite issue of the, the mini. Like yeah, so far it's been. It was nice seeing all the uh, Riley Rosmo art. With all the villains too, yeah. Like, like there's a uh, Batman destroys Scarface for the ventriloquist. So that was a pretty cool looking scene. Uh, like you feel the impact there. But yeah, it's a fun read. I like this. I, I'll probably pick this up and trade for later, hmm. just because like, if, you, if someone wants to read a fun Batman story, I can give this one to them because it it's not playing. Like it plays in the Batman world, but it's not exactly the same, you know. So it's it's kind of yeah. like a, a standalone. And then you see at the end, of course, they're going after the shadows people now that we had seen. We haven't seen them since issue one. Yeah, yeah, the uh, like the ex wife or <laughs> yep. uh, whoever she is. Yeah. So no, it's fun stuff, and it's a dark issue as well. Like you see, like when the stag comes to get the joke in the hospital at the end, the previous mm-hmm. page, it's just all the security guards and some nurses all lying in the foot. It's a blood, but it's like a massacre. He's went yeah. through and murdered people left and right. It is dark as shit. So, uh, it's good stuff. And again, a lot of good details, very good style, atmosphere. Uh, the one complaint, of course, that I've had the entire uh, series with the art is Batman's stupidly short ears. But other than that, it's fantastically <laughs> uh, good-looking stuff. Uh, it's got a good atmosphere about it, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, but no, um, it's a really fun team. I feel like that, that laughing moment was a really... It was one of those things where they just had that great idea. It's like... Yeah, because yeah. the shadow always laughs when they can't see him. That's like one yeah. of these things. And they thought, how can we play with that with the Joker? And it was just a really good moment uh, of him appearing. Uh, so no, and then all the fighting was cool. So uh, no, this, this has been a fun mini. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's a shame they're doing a second one like immediately after this one finishes. I feel like no, give it a few months off. Like give us a break. Yeah, but uh, I agree there. Hey, we'll we'll see we'll see if. Uh, the second one pans out as well, or if this, this sticks to landing, we get two issues left. We'll see, we'll see where it goes. But uh, it's pretty good. So there we go. That's that's the books, which I guess yeah. will uh, t- 
take us on to the best books of the week, the picks of the week. Uh, first, of course, uh, we have to do the Patreons voting picks because they get to vote uh, on Patreon. They get to vote on their favourite books of the week. They're the best book, best art, best cover, uh, and we announce the results each week. So, uh, obviously, we're doing this for last week for the patrons uh, for last week's books. Uh, it's a very easy one. Uh, Batman won best book, Batman won best cover, and Batman won best art. Uh, and I don't think you can fault them on last week. I mean, I mean, there was competition for the art, certainly. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't think you can fault them too much on that. Uh, Batman was spectacular on all fronts last week. Um, so we'll get to ours. And as much as I told Connor, uh, between pausing, that he had X amount of time to get us his picks of the week, he has not done it, seemingly. Um, Way to go. So there we go. Uh, it looks like we don't have Connor's picks. But we do have ours, of course, so I guess we'll start, as we always do, with uh, Best Panel of the Week. Matt, do you have one at the ready? I, I do, and it's more of a page. It's from The Flash. Oh, Of, of them fighting through time. Okay. because of okay. all the little Easter eggs that I, I found through there. Uh, it's not the most impactful, even in that story. But again, just the Easter eggs there, I love. That is... Uh... That, that is a fair pick. I was conflicted on on this particular choice this week. Uh, and I, I think I'm definitely going with something with, from Batgirl. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of good mm-hmm. things. I, I do love Esme's shocked face when she finds out about, uh, you know, uh, Barbara, Barbara telling Batgirl about, you know, who, who she is. She knows me. Yeah. yeah. That, that was really fun stuff. But I actually, I think I'm going to go with the photograph at the end. Uh, or towards the end. Yeah. Uh, it's a good one. I, I think it's just because it's this nice capper on, like, oh, they're, they're, they're out in this little adventure, but you can't tell anyone, so it's been a secret. It's, it really feels like she had this little Goonie-esque adventure with Batgirl, and it just, it's this capper mm-hmm. on it, and it's this sweet thing with a dog that they've just been out of their way to save. So I think I'm going to go with that. I, I, I dig it. I, I dig the art a lot in Batgirl. So, um, yeah, so best cover of the week. In fact, I should probably look at those. Yeah. Um, I will mention, we don't do the variants on this choice, but I will say the variant yeah. for Batman Shadow was absolutely gorgeous, if you happen to yeah. see it. Uh, really, really good stuff. So I feel every time there's a Wonder Woman issue, because the Jenny version mm. uh, art, the covers, none of them have been bad. Not one. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, as for the actual best cover, though, uh, picking... Huh... I think I'm going to go with the Flash, actually. Okay. Um, really simple. I, I feel like a lot of the other ones this week are very kind of messy. There's a lot of action scenes going on where they're all kind of fighting. Yeah. Uh, whereas the Flash is more kind of you know simple, bold. Understand what it is. Um, makes more of a point. So, yeah, I'm going to go with that. Nice. That'd be you by default, Matt. I- <laughs> I know. I was just, I was waiting for the introduction, just so. But yeah, mine's mine's gonna be action comics because, like you said, it seems messy, but I just love the look of all the characters in the green and the red. It does it look looks good. great. It does look good. Um, I'm I'm just I'm never I'm typically not a fan of chaos covers where there's just tons of things going mm-hmm. on. Uh, but fair play, fair play. Uh, so best art of the week. Um, what have, what have you got? I got Batgirl because, as you said, the expressions on yeah, Sma I, 
just, just, Babs, just, Selena. Just to jump in and leech off your, um, I also picked yeah. Batgirl because uh, I, I think it, I think it wins. Um, uh, Detective was close. I think Alvaro Martinez. Yeah. I, I feel like he's not one for any of these issues of this arc, but he's been close every time. <laughs> but Batgirl yeah. takes the. Cake. I didn't like Zercher's action. That one was what was close for me. Just mm. he had a lot of the cool action shots, like you know the uppercut to space and Supergirl going after Zod. Some great moments there too. But yeah, it's just the emotion of, of the Batgirl issue, it, and that it's fun. Like yeah, there's there's some stakes, but it's not high stakes so and the, the art matches that yeah yeah the, the tone fits that adventure that a kid should be going on mm-hmm. it, is, it has exactly. that kind of feel to it so uh, very well suited art on top of being very expressive which is great um, mm-hmm. so then top five books of the week let's see what you've got Matt well I got number one is Batgirl we, we praise mm-hmm. that one a lot thus far number two is going to be action love that issue three is detective and this is where I run into a little bit more trouble. I think Force, Flash, and Five Teen Titans. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. Flash and the Teen Titans. All right, cool. Um, breaking news: Connor has just sent his top five. Uh, he, up, up, up. To talk about timing. Talk about timing. Um, Guaranteed, he doesn't have Batgirl number one. I'm going to call that now. His number one is Batgirl. <laughs> Oh, damn, I'm so wrong. <laughs> His number one is Batgirl. His number two is Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Oh, Connor. <laughs> Buddy. Um, clearly, Matt's not agreeing with that. Number three is Wonder Woman. Uh, number four is Action. And number five is Detective. So... Uh, that's just he's also okay. mentioned his best cover is All Star. He's sending it out of order. He's literally sending it live uh, at the moment. He, I can just imagine him sitting at dinner with his mother and like tr- trying to like, sneak in. His, what are you doing? Nothing. Yeah. Uh, he also gave art to All Star, uh, but which was obviously we didn't read, so we can't really comment on the. Uh, yeah. What's going I on? Like he's still reading it. <laughs> so it's not, he likes it. It's not like he's been down on it. He's he's been praising it left and right. So. This guy. Um, my top five, uh, not to be distracted by that ginger menace, interrupting the show even though he's not here. The absolute gall of that man. Um, you know, I went back and forth all week as to what my number one was. Uh, mm-hmm. It was between two things. Um, but after talking about it, I think I have to actually make this unanimous pick and go with Batgirl. Yeah. So we got Batgirl hey, kid. and the unanimous pick. Action is number two. Detective's number three, and then I think um, Teen Titans is number four, and number five, I'm going to go Batman Shadow. So That's fair enough. That's my, that's my picks. That's my, that's my yeah. top fives. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Flash would would be higher, but you know, a couple of issues with the, the character motivations or moments, mm-hmm. and then the art being really sketchy, or, or what uh, takes that off the, the five. Uh, and obviously we talked about that one so um but there you go that's uh that's that's all of that uh, so before we do the uh the speculation talk about mr oz uh just a couple of things i want to reiterate the patreon stuff from the start uh new bonus thing for five dollar patrons uh once a month me and connor sometimes matt will jump in as well uh where we'll talk about a graphic novel or a trade uh, that will occasionally include new releases if uh, one comes out uh, we're going to work through the earth one books starting first uh, so you can check that out. Uh, the only the only 
caveat. So obviously, no, nothing that should be on the main show will ever become like bonus to Patreon. This is this is trying to give people on Patreon uh, a cool DC related bonus uh, for supporting mm-hmm. us. Um, the only only exception to like graphic novels, and obviously we'll do collections as well on that show, like legacy stuff, is if uh, I don't think they've ever done this, but just in case they do, just in case they do, I'm going to set up the rule right now. If they ever release a graphic novel that's currently in continuity, it'll be on the main show because yeah. it's relevant to what we're talking about, even if it is a pain fitting it in. So that is the the promise there. Like if it's in continuity, it's a new thing. Like it'll be in the main show. If we're doing, it, obviously we don't do every book because we don't like every book. But uh, that that's the that's the that's the rule. Um, uh, but yeah, so I just wanted to reiterate that uh, in case anyone knew was interested in that and checking that out. Um, we'll be starting that in August, so you can look forward to that. Um, and like I say, the vote for the Week 5 August uh, book is up as well. Uh, Green Arrow Year 1, Kingdom Come, uh, Dark Knight, A True Batman Story, and Batman Arkham Asylum, A Serious House and A Serious Earth. Uh, good stuff all around. Um, so, uh, so, we're not quite done yet. We have left one thing to last, so that we could do all the regular show and then talk about this. So if you want to jump out and you don't want to hear this this Mr. Oz speculation, which we don't know is going to be accurate. It might be completely wrong. But I'm really kind of on board with this idea. I like it. So just in case you want to opt out, this is just speculation. It was uh, mm-hmm. it came from Reddit initially and it's kind of spread a little bit and uh, we really we were both talking about it a little bit during the week and I wanted to bring it up on the show because I think it's a really cool idea. So, the idea here. What is the idea? Um, so the speculation is that, you know, obviously there's been a lot of theories about who Mr. Oz is. Obviously Ozymandias from uh, from Watchmen, Watchmen has been a big thing, big idea there, for obvious reasons. Um, another recent rumour that's been going around um, is that, or at least theory, is that it could be a, a Jor-El. Maybe pre-crisis Jor-El is an option. Which, which that one makes no sense to me. Like... I'm, I've also heard some weird theories about it being uh, a Jonathan Kent from somewhere, and that feels even weirder to me. Like at least Jor-El, well, uh, like I buy that he's into all this like wizard science, thing. yeah, and yeah. science and stuff. Whereas John, any any version of Jonathan Kent feels kind of forced to me. It's like eh, it Jonathan- does, and then but see that's when I get to this week's issue of action and the way that he's talking to to Jonathan, it feels very paternal. You know, like it's not. So that's what made me. I was like, well, it's not Jorel. That's weird. It's not Jonathan Kent. But this issue kind of opened that up to me a little bit. But they could just be messing with us. Yeah, you know I, what I mean, I'm not feeling Jonathan Kent. I mean, if 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 I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I, I'm really not feeling that. Yeah. But a theory that's come out, and I really, really like this, is that Mister Oz is the Superman, and you're going. What the hell does that mean? Because I actually fully buy that a lot of people have no idea what I, what that is. The Superman uh, is going way back. Now, this is part of why I think there's some uh, credence to this, is that Jeff Johns loves to like go back into like the, you know, the, the vaults of DC and do insane mm-hmm. stuff. The Superman is the original version of Superman. Uh, and what I mean by that is it was, uh, it was you know, Schuster and Siegel... Uh, did yep. like this story called the reign of the superman and it's two separate words super then man superman uh, it's based off of nietzsche's ubermensch yeah from philosophy exactly mm-hmm. and 
this was the story of a villain. This was the story of a scientist uh, named William yeah. Dunn who gets... It's actually telepathy. It's telepath- telepathic yeah. powers that he gets. And he actually is evil. I've never read the story myself, but he's evil. And mm-hmm. he eventually loses his powers, though, at the end. And he kind of realises they made a mistake and he wants to do other... Th- you know, he wants to redeem himself. So, what, and this is not part of DC continuity. This was before Action no. Comics number one, right? This was like a set. This wasn't even DC. This was published as a newspaper, like, uh, strip or something like that. This was separate. This was 1933, but it was the initial idea that then morphed into Superman. And I like this idea for, one, it's so batshit insane that I love it that it's it's nothing that we ever predicted before now. Secondly, I love that it's going back to the the in, the, the furthest possible inception point you could go. It's uh, the beginning of DC Comics, literally. It's not even the beginning. Like, like DC Comics wasn't even starting yet. This was the beginning of Superman before DC Comics really existed. This is that's what I'm talking about. This, this is the, the embryo. This is the embryo yeah. before we even had a birth. This yeah. was. Like you can't go further. The only way you could go further back is if you go meta, and you're you're talking about a young seagull and Schuster growing up. Like that is the only way you could go further back. And so that's what they. So when they they took this idea, they didn't like it because they felt like they wanted to tell a story about a hero, like a modern day Hercules, mm. that would use their power for good. Because I can't remember whose dad died, but one of their parents, either seagull or Schuster, their dad was killed when they were younger. Okay. And it kind of jumps off. The, the, like, Spider-Man kind of jumps off from that is like, well, what if my dad was bulletproof? You know, mm. like, w- what would have happened? And so they went and they created the modern version of Superman. Well, not modern, but yeah, for like that the, time. Yeah, what became the modern version of what Superman? Be- so- what would become Superman? He could jump, you know, leap tall buildings in the van, more powerful than locomoted, yeah. faster than the speeding bullet. So why, why do I like this so much, other than what I've said so far? I like that with the theme of rebirth and the whole like it's like the optimism and hope versus the darker world the mm-hmm. idea that Mr. Oz is someone who was a villain and then realised the error of his ways and wants to do something better it explains why maybe he's helping so much it does tie yeah. into why he has all these telepathic powers and can talk to people like the fact that he's talking to John in action this week right. through t- telepathy like that could be him like I don't know yeah. like, it's adding kind of up uh, and there, there was a bunch of other. I, you know what? I'm going to try and get the uh, the Reddit post up and actually look at the other. Yeah. Well, so list. So here. some of the. Yeah. So it also goes into what we saw in the new Superman, which Keenan Kong's book. Originally, that book was called the Superman. So you know, we all thought that they were talking That's about right. Lex Luthor. It was. Yeah. It was called that right? first and rebirth. You're right. And so you know. And then you look at whoever the villain is, the the inverse of of Master I Ching. When we first saw that twist, it was, you know, Fu Manchu, who is this horrible Asian pastiche from comics. Which which wasn't what it was called, but yeah, that's what you're calling him for the sake of... Yeah, because he looks like the, the, you know, Fu Manchu of of pulp stuff. But anyways, and then they changed his look, and he's dressed in all white, but that, that went back to an old Detective Comics story. The only thing that gains traction with me of that is, you know, Johns was writing Superman, introduced Oz. Then Gene Yang took over Superman from Johns and was telling these stories about gods and mythologies and all of that. So I feel like this has been seeded there from the very beginning and Yang's in on it a little bit. That's why that reveal came in the way that it did. So, yeah. so what did you find? 
Um, so yeah, it was, it was just simple things like the idea that you know we start at the beginning of everything, you know, with the the clock. Uh, John's has said repeatedly this is all about Superman. So you know mm-hmm. how far back can you go with Superman in that? Um, yeah. There is the new cover for Action Comics. I don't know what number it is, but you know they, they revealed a cover for uh, one of the the Oz Effect issues, and you can see without the hoodie he's bald. Right. Well, that's a spoiler, goddammit. Right, so <laughs> so you're thinking, oh, yeah, I mean, anyone could have shaved their head, like, even if it is No, I else, know, like, but like once you start digging into the Superman, you yeah. know he's bald. He's proto-Lex Luthor, you yeah. know? And he, he was the other big thing, uh, and I'll even, uh, I'll name, I'll shout out the uh, Reddit user here, uh, Martin Casis, who uh, posted this originally. I don't know if he was the first person to come up with this, but this is certainly yeah. where I, I found it. He summarized it. it. Um, but yeah, so basically the idea that Mr. Oz exists outside of continuity, kind of like the Superman does, because he's not part of any DC continuity. He's he, he pre he predates all of it. Um, right. So the idea that he is outside and he's watched all these, like he's watched Crisis happen, he's watched Flashpoint happen, he's watched all this stuff, um, and that's kind of kind of an interesting idea. And it, and it plays into that John's idea of post uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. He had. You have the best of the heroes, Alexander Luther, Superboy Prime, uh, Earth One, Lois and Clark, all watching the heroes from outside of time and not being yeah. able to do anything. So it, this takes that above, and he is interfering in it, stuff. Exactly. That, that, it ties into that, that thing that we've seen DC do with these big crisis events before. And on top of that, there's one, one of the comments, actually, in this Reddit thread. A very interesting little tidbit. Um, so this is coming from... Uh, Nomadic Jaguar 64T, this user. I'm just, I'm, I'm just giving a shout out, just in case. Yeah. Um, so, at the end of the arc where we first met Mr. Oz, uh, issue 39 in the New 52 Superman, he is on the phone with a presumably poor woman. Uh, Mr. Oz promises her a hot meal awaits for her troubles. Um, in the original... Uh, this seems to parallel Smalley's promise in Science Fiction Number Three, where he promises a random homeless man a real meal in exchange for his help in his experiment. Uh, so I think that's from the original new, uh, new yeah. Superman. You know what I mean? This Superman story. Uh, this Superman. So that I mean that feels like a, a a little reference there that could even be yeah. a clue. So I I don't like it's but all these little clues are fine and all, but it's it's the broader ideas that I really like about this. The uh, just what it means, the idea of going back to the inception of the character. Uh, like before there was Superman there was this Superman and right. th- that would be insane stuff um, now this could be complete and utter nonsense it could end up being yeah. Superboy Prime for all I know that's why I got on that train again but you know like it, I thought this was such a good idea um, I thought it was worth talking about and just worth uh, exploring the idea um, but no uh, interesting stuff I'm I'm fascinated by it. Definitely, definitely, it's it's the one thing that I can't wait to get through. I mean, as much as I'm looking forward to metal and Doomsday Clock, I, I this Oz mystery, it's been going. And we are finding so. out in uh, Oz Effect, so that's the arc starting in September. So we're not far away from it uh, happening. Nope. Nope. So we can look forward to that. But that that is that is us, guys. So that that will wrap that's up it. the podcast for the week. Uh, Cora will be back next week. Let us know what Sounds you thought. like a threat. Uh, I know it does a bit. Uh, but do you know what's... I don't know if he's actually going to do it next week, but next week marks the start of a new month of shows, which means yeah. he's got a Red Hood issue to look forward to. I believe, what was the last one I did? Eight, so he's on nine, on issue nine, I think. Yeah. 
So, uh, so you know what he loves? He loves Red Hood. He does love Red Hood. Uh, look, at, look, look at his face there and that, that, that representation mm-hmm. on the video there. It's a Red Hood face because he loves Red Hood. Um, so... So that's uh, so that's covered. Uh, so let us know what you thought of the books in the comments below if you're on YouTube or you can do it on Patreon if you're on there or you can get us on Twitter. In fact, actually, that's another announcement that I forgot to mention. We have a dedicated Comics from the Multiverse Twitter now. Uh, what? On top of the at mailed underscore fuzz, which will mm-hmm. give you, the you know, when the, channel, when the episode goes out, you get a tweet about that. And that also tweets out about all the other stuff on the YouTube channel. Uh, the at, and here, I'm impressed we got this, this handle on Twitter. Our, oh, no. dedi- our dedicated Comics from the Multiverse podcast Twitter is at DC Comics Podcast. How easy is that? At DC Comics so Podcast. So uh, that that uh, we tweet out more stuff on there. Like you know, if those new covers come up, we'll tweet those out. We tweet out uh, various things um, and try to be a little bit more active on that with actual sort of interacting uh, and just on pure. So if you just want comics, if you if you just you don't care about the rest of the content we do, you just like the podcast, you can just tweet you know, join that Twitter, yeah. follow that. Um, and get stuff on there. Um, I really should have mentioned that at the top of the show, so people, because people, people all That's turned, okay. off, people all turned off for the Oz thing, and they've not heard the, the new Twitter. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll make a point of announcing it next week if I remember at the start of the show. Mm-hmm. But uh, so check that out. Uh, but yeah, so thank you very much for watching, guys, uh, or listening. Uh, keep reading comics. Uh, again, I've mentioned Patreon a lot, obviously, in this episode because I had stuff to announce. I don't want to drama at all home too hard but patreon.com slash mailfuzztv if you want to check that out this is us so thank you very much once again for watching and or listening we always appreciate it keep reading DC comics and always remember never get lost in the speed force Connor Kent's real I've seen him <laughs> <laughs>